episode of the Emerald Echo podcast. As always, I'm your host, Adam, and with me is my co-host, Donnie. Donnie, how's it going? Hey, what's up, Lantern fans? It's the podcasting machine, the big nerd in green, the dad joke torchbearer. It's the Emerald Enthusiast. Now, uh, that's always a good intro, Donnie. But uh, today is a special episode because we have a interview with a special guest and that special guest is the writer of the current iteration of green lantern that has two issues two issues in the in the bank uh, that you can read by purchasing them on comicsology or through your local comic book shop and Third comes the, out next week yes yes and the writer that i'm speaking of is jeffrey thorne uh, so he will be joining us shortly uh but before that, there is a bit of news that we won't go into great detail on because we're going to do a separate episode specifically on uh, Alan Scott, uh, the first Green Lantern. But the news is that the HBO Max Green Lantern live action series has cast actor Jeremy Irvine to play Alan Scott. So Donnie, quick thoughts on this? You know, uh, obviously, this is a younger actor than I thought may have been cast, but I'm hearing a lot of good things. I do need to catch up on his work a little bit, but I'm, again, I'm just glad that we got more casting news. The more things we hear about this, the more confirmation that the series is actually going to go forward. Obviously, I'm a little gun shy after the last 10 years of so many Green Lantern things being promised and so little being delivered. But I think we're on the road to that HBO Max live action series. I mean, at this point, they're casting. They have a director, which is uh, the director who did the Superman and Lois pilot. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's come on board and he's going to direct the first two uh, episodes. Mm -hmm. So I think the wheels are moving to this point now. And there's enough money invested that filming is going to happen. So I'm not worried about that. Uh, And in terms of... Uh, Jeremy Irvine being uh, younger than the way Alan Scott is typically drawn. I just look at it as we're dealing with him in the 40s when he, you mm-hmm. know, when he first yeah. debuted. So, and it could be they're taking a page out of uh, the New 52 Earth 2 uh, sure. line. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, much like you, Donnie, I haven't really seen him in anything, so I can't speak to his acting uh, prowess. But he does have um, a solid look for Alan Scott, especially the Earth 2, New 52 version. So, mm-hmm. Yes. And it'll be interesting to see what costume they go with. Will they go with a more Earth 2-looking Green Lantern outfit to kind of match mm-hmm. the other Green Lanterns we're going to see in the show? That'll be interesting. But yes. you know, we're still a ways off from seeing the costumes, I, I, right. I would think. Uh, I speculated a little bit on that. I just uploaded a YouTube video on my YouTube channel, not the Multiverse Musings channel, yeah, which you can find available yes. on YouTube. This it's is all the, part Emerald- of the same family. All, <laughs> yeah, all, all part connected. of the same family. Yeah, you know, the Marvel line. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So this is my Emerald Enthusiast channel where I do Green Lantern product reviews, and I speculated a little bit on what Alan will look like on the HBO Max series, and I gave you a little bit of background on his costume, in particular, the Martin Nodell original creation from 1940. So check uh, you, that you out. Just, you just posted yeah. that, so I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. I will. I've watched all your videos so far. Yes. Well, uh, thank you. Well, and partly because, you know, I want to support my co-host, but also partly because... 
I want to make sure he's handling all the all the figures I'm going to steal property and with care. Uh, so you know that's what I that's what I do. But uh, enough about my future thievery. Uh, we'll <laughs> save that for another day. We're getting ready to interview Jeffrey Thorne. Should we do our social media plugs now uh, or or later in the later in the show? It's up to you. Though. Hey, let's go ahead and do that so we can give him as much time to talk as possible. All right, Donnie. After the show, if they want to talk about how good of a job we did interviewing Jeffrey or if they want to say how terrible we are, where can they do that on social media? You can find me on Twitter as the Emerald Enthusiast. Let's talk pro wrestling. Let's talk comics. Let's talk collectibles. Let's talk Green Lantern. And you can find me on Twitter at Adam underscore Leafs fan or on the channel, the, the YouTube the Twitter uh, page for the podcast network at MMNPDC. Uh, and then we also have a Facebook group, which will be somewhere in the description below. You can click the link, ask for permission to join the group. I will happily add you, and we can continue the conversation there. But uh, sit back, uh, grab uh, some refreshments, you know, a drink, some popcorn, whatever you want, and get ready for an interview uh, with Jeffrey, Jeffrey Thorne. We'll see you soon. See you soon, people. Welcome back to the Emerald Echo Green Lantern podcast slash vidcast, because if you're watching it, it's a vidcast. If you're not, it's a, it's a podcast. Donnie, we have our special guest here. I'm going to throw it over to you to do the Howard Finkel wrestling introduction. Go ahead, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and beings of the omniverse, it is my pleasure to introduce to you multimedia sensation, author, actor, producer, the current writer of Green Lantern, and noted Christmas caroler, ladies oh, and gentlemen, oh. Mr. Jeffrey Thorne. Wow. You, you already suck. How dare you mention the Christmas caroler? <laughs> like, that's not a, you're not starting off on a good foot. I'm just telling you right He's now. He's never coming back here now, Donnie. <laughs> How dare you, sir? Your voice is uh, amazing. That oh, is something I did it. not know about you. That was a long time ago in a it galaxy. It was amazing. Far, far I had no idea. <laughs> this you is why research. I you. Good. Not everybody does their freaking research. And when they do, they don't go that deep usually. So, you know, <laughs> props to you, but stop it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I sent them the. I sent Adam and Stephen, our editor. I sent them the link, and I was like, "It's amazing, why, man!" Why? So. Yeah, you're, not, you're hurting people. You're good. not helping people. But to be fair, after you sent me that, I watched the episode that you wrote of uh, Magnum PI, and the oh, what did you think? Oh, it was, it was fun, fantastic. Right? It was, was fantastic. a fun show. Yeah, was that great. is such a fun show. Uh, I love this guy. I, I love it. It's yeah. great. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It's, it's, of course, it's COVID. So who got to go to Hawaii? Not me. I didn't get to go. <laughs> that really sucks. Yeah. So stupid. Well, hopefully, well, there's always next season. Hopefully you can get, you can get down there. Fingers crossed. Yeah. That's all. That's yeah, it. man. Always fingers crossed. I love, I love what is behind you, by the way. Well, the reason there's anything behind me is because I've been doing these Zoom meetings for everybody's been doing these Zoom meetings. This is just a blank wall. There's nothing in here, really. There's something on this wall you can't really see. This okay. thing is like my... It's like my chart of where projects are, so I just cross things off, if, whatever. Boring. It looked like it was in a prison cell. It was just a gray wall with this dude, with this black dude in the jumping, with a, with a hoodie, you know, and a t-shirt. Like, now look, I need to get my parole. I need to get my parole hearing. That's what we're here for. Everybody understands. I did not, 
I did not kill those nuns. I did not. I was not there. Okay. Oh man. Oh man. You know. I mean, they brought it on themselves. I'm just saying that. Like, I, I, okay, that's a whole other conversation. But yeah, so I, um, I just was like, well, what can I put up here? I didn't want to put any holes in the walls, and it's really just for Zoom. So once we're all out and about, maybe I'll take the stuff down. I don't know. I like the cork board, but just weirdly this year i had enough comics that it's actually kind of nice looking like yeah. it's not it's not just you know and strangely a lot of them have green in them like this is a black paper and it's got green in it mm -hmm. and uh well anyway we don't need to care about that but um i have that yeah, one so of course i care about that i have the vixen one too what, what, what books? My question is, what books do you have, Donnie? You haven't. It's the ones you don't own. All well, of Jeff's, all of Jeff's you books. You need to stop it. All you the varied covers. Yeah, you mean I, all I, the varied covers? Here's number one. Here's number one. But do you have this one? I don't think so. Not yet. It's not, not out yet. yet. Oh. Well, that's oh, not man. fair. That's just not fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we got a copy of the. Um, I mean, you already read it, but the future state, it's going to be the Justice yeah. League future state uh, trade paperback. So mm -hmm. everything Justice League related, we, we fall under the heading of Justice League. Yeah, right, Manor. right. So um, that, they sent us the, 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 the copy of that, which I didn't even know was coming. I, I forgot that they do that. So that's coming out in a minute, too. Um, it's, it's been a really, it's, I mean, you haven't started questions, but it's been a trip, dude. This, uh, this year in comics for me has been really weird. I, I, uh, Written a lot of comics this year. Yes, <laughs> I'll, I'll have you know, I'll have you know, sir, that I am uh, currently purchasing the, your Green Lantern book twice, once physically and once digitally. Oh, because why? I like no, because I like to have the physical copy without having to leaf through it, and then when yeah. I have to review it, it's like I don't want to get it out of my box every single time, and you know, back and forth. So uh, that, that, that's why. And so there you go. <laughs> Um, I mean, it's your process. I'm, I'm with it. That's fine. You can do that. Please, yeah, please okay. purchase more, more, more. more. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I, I have, I'm getting all the variants of your stuff from Future State, so I've already made you rich. So wow. Well, it didn't really work like that. But the company, <laughs> no, we don't get any profits yeah. here. We just get our little our fee. But it'll keep, the, it'll keep the book going, which is which yeah, is, that's what I want to do. That's I, the I, point. So yeah, we got. I got. I've been using my little backstage sources, and the book issue one sold very well. But it's an issue one. So sure. the real test is issues two and three to see where we really land. Okay. Um, I'm feeling like if we do, I don't want to say real numbers because I'm not supposed to know the real numbers, but I do know the real numbers. <laughs> um, but uh, if we do, we did better than some titles that I was surprised we beat them. Let's put it like that. Like Good. We did Good. way better than a couple of the X titles, like way better. And I was Good. like, Baltimore's? Really? Really? Um, uh, several of the um, other DC books, we're sort of in the, like in the top 50, we're hovering around 30, oh, nice. which for Green Lantern, I feel yeah. like that's pretty good. Yeah. Historically, um, yes. Yeah. Yes. So if we can, if we can keep it between 30 and 50, I think DC will let me stick around. So um, it's really sales, right? They like the story. Mm -hmm. They've already told me they like what we're doing. Um, I love the artists. They're all great. Oh, uh, yeah. Tom Rainey, we're, we're Tom Rainey's that. back as of issue three. And uh, Tom and Tom and Mike Atia are um, crushing it. And uh, like they came to play. Like they're like, we want to get back in the book. So uh, so they're back. And uh, Dexter kicked ass. 
Mm-hmm. So um, yeah. I, I feel like if we can just almost weird, there's a weird split between being left alone to do what we want and all the eyes in the world watch our book. <laughs> like somewhere, somewhere in between that is where we want to be because um, we're just there. DC is really letting us flex with this. Um, they're letting it go really cosmic, um, which I think is fun and letting us sort of, you know what? Let's just you guys ask me stuff. And like, I don't want to. I don't want to. Whatever wanna, you want to say, sir. I just okay. want to say this without disparaging anybody else's work, but I wasn't really a hundred percent pleased with the last version of Green Lantern we got in mm-hmm. terms of the story and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. coming on to this, I was like, I need, I need something that's <laughs> that's familiar but really cool, and I, I think you've delivered on Thank that you. with the two issues that I've seen. And we're trying the art that I mean, I could stare at that all day because those two guys have been just top tier. Uh, like it shouldn't, it took me half an hour to read an issue just because I kept going back and looking. It's like, let me stare at this art for about five minutes. And yeah, like, I feel the same way, by the way. Like, you know, you write this stuff, and I've said this before in a couple of places the first two issues, and really the future state stuff, poor Tom, poor Dexter, poor Marco, because uh, for future state. For Tom, we really were like, let's drop these guys in the middle of a war zone. And that meant thousands of people, right? This poor artist has never met me, doesn't know me from Adam, had to now draw all of these crazy aliens. And not only did it not just people, they're alien people. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. right. So God bless Tom for just coming in and doing that. And then Dexter and Marco also had in the first two issues of the main book, you know, we had this giant, not only, and in this case, at least Tom only had to draw really one or two sets of aliens. But Marco and Dexter had to draw like all these randos that came from all <laughs> over the galaxy to be on Oa, which is usually just empty except for Green Lanterns and, and Guardians. Guardians, yeah. Like, right. Uh, so they had to do that in their first issues. They had to draw all of these different kinds of people. We had to do, well, I didn't have, I just had to write them, but ha too bad. But, um, <laughs> but they, you know, they, we had to do collective research. You know, what do the dominators look like? What do these characters look like? I pulled people out of um, out of Legion of Superheroes. So like, there's a couple of Gildish Pad, you know. And people are like Gildish Pad. I'm like, exactly. That's right. Galactic, you know. So um, right. So the so to put that weight on them and have them come through so hard like that, like just to really just uh, knock it out of the park from my point of view. Uh, and I knew Dexter's work, but I didn't know Marcos. So when Marco showed up, they're like, we're going to bring this other guy in to do, you know, sort of for the first book, you know, inside the conference was Marco. Everything outside was Dexter. And I didn't know Marco from Adam at the time. And he just came in like a beast, like, you know, (laughs) go Marco. Holy crap. So, yeah. And Tom and Marco's art styles are actually more similar than Dexter's and Marco's styles are. So when you see how the book is divided in issue three, that's basically the tone of the book. Like the first two are almost like the pilot, like set the stage. Here's who, here's all the players, you know, here's the canvas, how big it is. Right. Mm -hmm. It isn't what you're used to. So, wow. Now buckle up. But from three on, that's basically how the book, structurally will be set up you'll see it's very easy yeah. but it, it's a slight gear shift it's not going to be we're not doing apocalypse every issue folks <laughs> so like yeah. you know. well, before we pray 
Donnie's praying every day. She's like, don't kill Kyle. Don't kill Kyle. <laughs> Before we get started with the questions, I just want to say <laughs> Nemosini's eulogy was some yes. of the greatest dialogue I have ever read in a comic book, and I have been reading for over 40 years. Wow. Well, thank yes, you. Yes. I mean, that's high praise. I One of the things that we've talked about with um, me coming on, like I've told the story before, so I'm trying to make it smaller. Um, I just pitched a very small John Stewart story, which would have maybe been a five-issue miniseries, maybe, maybe 12 if they really got hyped for it, right? But events unfolded and we ended up doing this. So we started to real, one of the reasons they wanted to keep me on, make it bigger was that the things I was saying had to be true for the, for the miniseries had to do with cosmic DC. And they were like, we like all this cosmic DC crap you were saying. Like, it's not like I'm making up a lot of stuff and just like collecting the dots and saying, well, if this is true, then isn't this also true? That kind of stuff. And they're like, we like all that. Can you like solidify that? And Put that into the main Green Lantern book, and I was like, "I'm writing the Green main Green Lantern book since when?" You know, like <laughs> what? That story's, that, that story's elsewhere. But there's a lot of me going, "Huh? What?" <laughs> right. So, um, and so this book is that in a lot of ways. But with the Guardians in particular, um, one of the things that people I think there's a lot of things that have to do with scale in Green Lantern. Guardians of the universe. And they've been alive since they're the first intelligent species in the billions and billions of life, years of life of the universe. And I was like, okay, well, in a science fiction universe, that makes them really alien basically to everybody. They're not just aliens to humans, they're aliens to all of the rest of life because they were here by themselves long enough to have this like super scientific society where they were like doing stuff with the whole, that was affecting the whole universe, time travel and creating species and all kinds of insane stuff before the rest of us even were microbes. They were already doing all that crap. So by now, like the little line about we are, um, we have, we are made of matter by choice. It doesn't mean that they're like, oh, tomorrow morning, I'm going to be made out of energy. It's that you hit stages in your, your technological development where you're like, hey, do we need these bodies anymore? Do, we don't need them, right? Like we can just be energy beings now, right? Like, yeah, we could, but all the little guys would be really weirded out if we just sort of cosmically showed up as giant faces in the sky all the time. <laughs> let's, <laughs> Good right, point. let's have, right, let's have some, let's keep the terrestrial bodies for a few million more years just until the, the, the kids grow up a bit. Until they catch right? up, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. right. So, so that kind of thing. Um, there's some structural stuff to the cosmic part of the DCU that I sent them a big fat document about like starting with the source and working all the way down to like regular street level heroes. Mm -hmm. How does cosmic DC work according to me? And so far they haven't said no to any of it. So we'll see. But um, this book is a lot about that. So um, all over the place, the number of sectors and all this kind of stuff there's some revelations that have come over the course of, well, I don't know if this is an announcement, but my contract runs out, my original contract ran out at the end of the first arc, basically. But in order to do solicits, they have to know in advance. So I was like, hey, guys, you know, we only have sales in for the first month. You know, I'm, I, I would be unhappy, but I'm cool with you guys letting me go with sales, you know, dip, whatever. That's the job. You have to. Mm -hmm. 
move on. But um, are you guys bringing me back for a second arc? You know, are we going to get to keep going? Because there's stuff that I do in, in this first arc that isn't even going to get paid off in this arc. Like, it's some stuff set up for down the line. Mm -hmm. So um, they're like, no, we stick around. And All I right. was like, All right. what? They're just casually handing out contracts to you. They're like, yeah, right, green lantern. Oh, by the way, you've been extended. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, wait, what? Stick around. I'm trying to map this stuff out. Like, tell me, like so, so the good news on, so yeah, so we're going to be spreading out. We're going to explore the Guardians, mm -hmm. how they really work okay. in, a, in, a, in a much more closer to real, quote unquote, real science fiction context. Okay. What is the point of the Guardians? Are they the really the Guardians of the Universe? Or do they just call themselves the Guardians of the Universe? Okay. Um, and we try to set that up in the first book. There's a lot of it's little bits of dialogue here and there. But basically, the idea that I'm putting forth in the book is we were first. We have authority because it's kind of like if you're the big person in the room and two little people are fighting, it's kind of on you to pull them apart. You don't take a side. You're just like, you know, can you guys just go stand away from each other? You don't need yeah. to be doing this. That's the Guardians. But also, you don't want the parents of those people to come out and go, what do you do with my kids? <laughs> right? So you have to have some kind of authority. So when they show up, or when their agents show up, when a Green Lantern shows up on a planet that's never heard of them before, they're like, hey, I'm a Green Lantern. We don't know what the hell a Green Lantern is. Yeah, but I represent yeah. the Guardians of the Universe, and you guys will now stop this. Oh, damn, that sounds important. Yeah. Right. Plus, he's got this magic wish ring that does mm -hmm. anything he wants. He must have a lot of freaking juice. And if this guy's just the servant, what must the guardians of the universe be like? Yeah. Yeah. Right? And so Excellent you point. Roll, right? So you roll that out over a couple thousand, hundred thousand, million, billion years, depending on the species, and you can see how the guardians get this gigantic rep, and they have a lot more authority, and they can keep a little bit control over areas that they don't really control. Mm -hmm. Right? So the idea, for instance, and this hasn't come up in the book yet, but I'll break it for you guys because you're fun. Um, this is a, all right, so this is something that has not come up in the book actually yet. But the map that the Guardians gave of how the sectors work is impossible. Okay? okay. I happen to have a, a, a tool to show you. All right. So this okay. is the universe when mm -hmm. it started. Okay? Big Bang, and it's this big. So let's say the, the Guardians arrived and became evolved two seconds after the Big Bang, right? That's how big the universe is. And they go, okay, there's now going to be 3,600 <laughs> sectors. And it's going to start in the center, and it's going to extend out like pizza wedges, right? Mm -hmm. Kind of what people think. Okay, that's fine if the, if the universe stays this size. But the actual universe did this, right? Okay, right. And it's still doing this. Mm -hmm. The Big Bang never actually stopped. We're in it. It just, the explosion is ongoing. It yeah. just keeps going. So that every galaxy is moving away from everything else. And space itself, it's moving away from the center and they're moving away from each other. And space itself is expanding. Like literally the space of space is expanding. So if you only had 3,600 sectors at the beginning, they were this big. But they're going to keep getting bigger and 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 bigger forever. Wow. 3,600? How's that possible? That's a lot to patrol. Right. And the oldest sectors, right, which would have been at the beginning, and they're out on the edge, I guess, of space, they would be so vast 
you're going to send two guys out there. Really? Yeah. Two guys are going <laughs> to patrol all of this shit, right? That's not possible. So what I thought was, also, it's kind of a hype situation. There are 3,600 sectors. They're just not all connected to each other. Okay. They're just spread across space. So is there, there like dark matter between them? Okay. There's dark spaces. There's dark areas spaces. Okay. that the... Yeah, and this whole thing with the dark sectors. There's areas that they sort of try to monitor and keep an eye on, but they're not actually sectors. They don't have green lanterns assigned to them. Because there's nothing going on. It's okay. like, well, this sector doesn't even have any life in it. We don't need to put a green lantern there. There's literally nothing happening there. So why would we have a sector for that? So it's more like islands across the universe. And they're vast, but they're also of different sizes. So some sectors have multiple galaxies in them. And there, someone established that there's actually a Green Lantern that's an intelligent entire galaxy. I'm like, just shut up. But it's, <laughs> it's, it's part of the canon now, so you can say shut up as a fan. But someone wrote it, so now it's true. Now you, so the, uh, now yeah. you have to make it make sense. Yeah. So in those kind of sectors, yeah, you could have a, a galaxy-sized Green Lantern because that sector is so crazy big, that isn't that big of a deal, Right. But there's also sectors that are so small that they're in the microverse, mm -hmm. right? Okay. We've never seen those Green Lanterns. We've never seen the microscopic Green Lanterns. But there must be some, some right? Yeah. So now you have all these layers of sectors, and they're not necessarily all right next to each other. There right. was Liesl Pond, who was a sentient antibody. Right. right. That's, that's, that's microscopic in the level of bacteria. Okay. Right? But I'm saying, like, just read this beautiful, I'm way late on it, but I read the, the Hawkman miniseries mm -hmm. uh, that Vendetti did. What was great? I hate, that was an amazing yeah. comic book that nobody gave a damn about. I hate that it and ended. That was my I, was like, I was like, what the hell? And even the little side thing with the Atom. I was yeah. like, wow, Ray Palmer's cool again. He was cool for five minutes. He was literally cool for five minutes in like the early 90s when it was Sword of the Atom. And then yeah. never cool before or since, right? And all of a sudden, in this two issues, Vendetti made him like hella cool again. And I was like, where's my Atom book? This book I'm yeah. reading. I'll yeah. read this Atom book, right? But there's a Green Lantern down there, too. There's a Green Lantern. There's two Green Lanterns in the mm -hmm. microverse, too. There must be, right? Yeah. So at one point... Some people will say that it's limiting because it's not the giant universe, whatever. But I say the opposite. Now it's all these different little pockets. And like you get to tell, like theoretically, if there were ever another Tales of the Green Lantern book, it actually opens you up to more because the laws of physics will be different. You could tell that story about the galactic Green Lantern, mm -hmm. right? You have the Puffball Collective, which is crazy enough. Right. But like all of that kind of stuff now is much more in play. And there's not this sort of fixed grid, which makes literally no sense in how the universe works. Mm -hmm. So that hasn't been revealed visually, but it will be. Okay. Can I ask you a question? And you may not be able to answer this, but you just, you just gave me this inspiration to ask. So does the universe, you know, continually expanding, does that affect the source wall? Well, that's another question. Um, what is the source wall? Because okay. if I'm not going to pick up that stupid thing again, but if the universe is an if the universe is an expanding ball, then the source wall would have to be like a sphere around it. Yeah. Right. What I'm thinking of, and I haven't really locked this down yet, but what I'm thinking of the source wall is almost like a metaphysical, magical wall. Like, right. You can't get there just by flying to it. You have to have also intention and the right kind of power. 
so that it almost appears as a barrier when you try to enter a certain kind of space. So in theory, the source wall is everywhere and nowhere. Okay. Right. Um, and we'll mess around with that probably down the line. Um, it isn't a new God's book, but yes, some of those conversations will be had in this book. Okay. So, cool. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, and also conversations about um, what the actual um, ring entities or the, you know, the power battery entities were. Yeah. What are they? What, what are they? Like, like what is ion? Yeah. What is that thing? What is it? Um, um, what, where do the certain characters like the old gods versus the new gods, where do they sit? Um, characters that are sort of cosmic, but started out as normal people. Like you could say what I'm calling them something. What am I calling them? Let's just call them ascended beings right now. Mm -hmm. I can't remember what the word is I made up for them, but um, people like Captain Adam. He's a right. cosmically empowered regular dude. So where does he sit in the cosmic Wow. Right. Okay. Um, why are Kryptonians not new gods? What's the difference? Wow. Okay. Right. I, I'm, I, I'm gonna. We're gonna talk about that. I want to see um, all of that, sir. All of the, give yeah, me all of that. Yeah. yeah. Give me all yeah. of that. <laughs> right. So, this is the kind of crap that DC was like. Oh yeah, nobody ever really talked about that. And I was like, okay, let's go okay. with it. Like even in Future State, the the question, um, what are the new gods gods of? Like they never have established what their gods are, right? Um, but you can't have a god unless is the it, he or she is the god or it is the god of something, right? Mm -hmm. And we already have still well Kirby, God bless him. Um, I I'm a huge Jack Kirby fan, but the new gods were created because Marvel screwed over Jack Kirby. He wanted to do stuff with Thor. Him and Stan had a fight. He's like, screw it, I'm picking up my toys. I'm going over here and doing what I want. And DC was like, yes, come over here, right? <laughs> and he's like, so I'm going to do this fourth world thing. We don't care, Jack, do whatever you want. Just have a ball, yeah. right? And then we got the new guys, and they were like, what the fuck is right? But I'm like, what is this? What did we just sign for? Yeah, <laughs> right. But the new gods are, the Rag Ragnarok happened. So right. it tells you what he planned to do with Thor back at Marvel, mm -hmm. which is probably why they got mad at him, <laughs> right? And they died, and out of that came... The fourth world of apocalypse and new genesis okay but he never said what they were gods of uh, dark side seeking the anti-life equation they use both god powers plus weird new genesis tech in these yeah. mother boxes and the boom tubes and all that stuff so i said in future state orion is the god of soldiers we played him as the god of a war god but we already have a war god there's already Ares and a bunch of other people right. who are gods of yeah. war. And it's boring to just say, oh, he's just another war god. Making him god of soldiers is a very different thing than being the god of war. Okay. Really different. Like in theory in Marvel, you could ascend Captain America and he'd be the god of soldiers. Right? Um, and so with that making Orion that, then you start to go, okay, well, what's Light Ray the god of? What's High Father actually the god of? Mm -hmm. what, therefore, what is Dark Side the god of? And not me, but um, DC has obviously made Dark Side. There's only one now. He's killed all the infinite Dark Sides and absorbed all their power. And I'm like, I don't know how he did that. Is an infinite? Whatever. That's fine. Right. But but there's only one Dark Side now. But what is he the god of? I'm guessing of Oblivion. Like I don't know because it's not my book to write that in. But 
I would say he's the god of oblivion, right? Okay. So why are Kryptonians not that? Um, and there is an answer. There, there will, that will be answered in this book, the difference between a Kryptonian and a new god. Oh, wow. Why okay. Kryptonians are so badass, right? Um, so DC liked all of that kind of world building crap. And I had this little tiny John Stewart story. To <laughs> and they were like, all right. So the Green Lantern book was going to be completely differently shaped at one point in the way it is. I was still going to tell my story and different writers were going to tell their stories. And it's going to be more like a Tales of the Green Lanterns book. Yeah. Okay. Right. And then various things happened and I ended up being the last man standing where I, I was still wanting to do it or I still, I didn't have contracts in the way or whatever. And they were like, you want to, you want to have the whole book? And I was like, uh, what? <laughs> like, seriously, like, um, uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so it is definitely very different than my original pitch. Wow. Um, wow. Okay. The next you get sort of the story of what my original pitch was over the next two and a half issues. Okay. All right. Uh, All right. But remember that it wasn't, this is a very tiny version of what that pitch was. Like that pitch was going to be a whole mini series. And I'm sort of glossing over that whole thing in favor of what this big story we're telling is now. But um, you'll see when you read the book, you'll see I'm, I'm playing around with time. So you'll see literally timestamps of how long it's taking for some of this stuff to happen. Okay. And, and understand that the John Stewart part of the story would have been just its own thing over yeah. that period of time. Okay. So, um, so anyway, so yeah, so that's uh, that's sort of the scope of the that's the scope of the story. Um, it's quite different than the initial pitch, although it has a lot of the same elements, obviously. Um, and uh, we have Joe and Teen Lantern, and I brought Simon back from uh, uh, sitting on the shelf because right. nobody, nobody was using Simon, and I, that's fun for me because it means yeah. I can do what I want with him. I'm glad and, to see yeah. Simon back. Yeah. 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 Like, who, who knew Simon was fun to write? If you can like, create these characters, might as well use them. You know, yeah, yeah right. The... Well, you know, we're fans of the book, but amongst the fans of Green Lantern, the biggest conversation is why are there so many damn human lanterns? Like, I mean, I love my, my character and this person loves their character, but really, Seven plus Sentinel plus Jade plus Teen Lantern plus the, what's his name over in the crime syndicate? Like, come on, all of these human Green Lanterns? What's up with that? Mm -hmm. So we're going to try and we already try to explain why. You've already started to answer that, right? Right. So that's part of the book, too. That's part of the book, too. Okay. So, and they already announced Jessica is turning into a Yellow Lantern. Oh, <laughs> right. So, solicit, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like that part it's of right. that's... even if you try and stay away from spoilers, they won't let you. They're like, no, no, you're gonna see this like, when you want to see it. Guys, don't do this. <laughs> you know, like it's too late. It's out already. And I'm like, yeah. you can't tell the end of a story at the beginning of the story. Yeah, like, right. Yeah. Bobby's oh, looking at solicits for any 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 inference of Kyle. Is he still alive? Every time, yeah. every month it comes up. Is he still there? <laughs> okay, I'm just going to tell you. You will wish that I killed Kyle. Is all I'm going to tell you. It's going to be that bad, huh? <laughs> well, yes. Okay. Well, I mean, come on, his, his girlfriend got no, crushed. No. He died in the fridge. Yeah. Could, it get, could it get any worse? <laughs> well, I think I think a lot of fans. You know the big stupid controversy, but I think a lot of fans. Think about it the wrong way. They think yeah. of death as the worst thing that can happen to a character. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. right? But you'd be a stupid writer to kill off a character that you can mess around with, mm-hmm. right? And Kyle's got a gigantic fan base. So why would I kill him in yeah. issue two? Like, even if I don't plan to have giant things to do with him, kill him? Why do I have to do that? I didn't kill Hal, so why would I kill Kyle? <laughs> if I'm going to kill anybody, you'd think it'd be Hal Jordan. And right. he's, he's so far, in the first yeah. three issues, he's in them. So yeah. not yeah. dying every issue. It's no, crazy. and not, not dying, yeah. You and I had an interesting conversation about that on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think you told, you told him to stay in his room. But yeah, telling like, him to stay in his room is not a bad thing. It's where he goes. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I know that's not really a punishment. I have to I have to rethink. My, <laughs> I gotta rethink you gotta my tell punishment. them like do the dishes but, or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> go, go stand in a corner and, and think about Batman. You know. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah. So we got all these great characters. We've now given a reason for why sort of not only that we have all these Green Lanterns, but that why so much crap is so focused on the Earth. It's a crux war. Yeah. Krypton was the crux of science, and it blew up. Mm-hmm. So it's gone. Uh, Mogo is the crux of life. And we're going to see some of that, hopefully, over the next, over these arcs. We'll see what that actually means. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Oa is kind of the, the anchor crux. Um, other, other writers have said that Oa exists as Oa in all these different universes simultaneously. That kind of irritates me, but we're going to fudge it a bit and just say every universe does have an Oa. Um, okay. And they might be able to talk to their <laughs> counterparts there. Um, but it's not going to be that big a deal. It's just these crux worlds matter. I'm not going to outline what the other cruxes are. I might even leave that blank for the next writer, depending on how the story goes, okay. like if they want to use that concept. But basically, it was to explain the seven lanterns so that fate, the universe, whatever, needed these seven, needed seven lanterns. Um, they could have come from anywhere, but you have this crux world. Mm-hmm. Generate me some heroes. So yeah. coincidences, events shaped. The Guardians didn't do it. The universe did it. Okay. So that there would be these green lands. The Guardians didn't make this happen. It's just the universe intended for these things there's to more, occur. There's more of a grander okay. purpose. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So sooner or later, you were going to have seven green lands. Not necessarily this seven, but you were going to have seven. Seven, right. So, okay. Awesome. Yeah. So in other podcasts, I've heard you call Kelly Quintella a liar. Oh, she's a liar. She's okay. A liar. Do we get answers to why she's a liar soon? Yep. You're going to see some of Kelly's interesting story because like a lot of us who love these comics, when I found out there was such a thing as a teen lantern, I was like, no, no. no." (laughs) (laughs) You're lying. There's no such thing as that. That's a joke. You're just trying to mess with my head now. There's no, damn it. There really is such a person. Teen lantern, what the hell? Right. So, um, and I actually kind of like Young Justice, but the thing with teen books is, you don't get a lot of character development, right? right? So, like, the characters that came from outside the team book, Wonder Girl, Superboy, they have development, Damian Wayne, they already have character development, so you don't need to do anything because you can read their own book and see who they are, Kid Flash, whatever. But uh, Teen Lantern was basically created for Young Justice, so she maybe mm-hmm. had three panels, four or five yeah. panels per issue where there was some... Yeah something focused on her and then one issue which is kind of about her right Mm -hmm. that's not really a lot but it turns out she's not a teenager lie number one she did not hack the power battery lie number two she's not a tech head lie number three right um 
and she was not given it by a dying alien and told to go be a hero. That's the one of possibly the biggest lie. He just told her to go do what she wanted with it <laughs> and yeah. then hand it off, right? So, um, and I asked him, what is the secret of, what's the secret of the glove? And they're like, whatever you want it to be. And I was like, oh, wow. you already have a secret? And they're like, nope, can you solve that for us? And I was like, okay, sure. sure. So, wow. um, and also- That's gotta be enticing, yeah. I love crap like that. Yeah, well, <laughs> oh my God. You've got, you've got a blank canvas to, to play with. Exactly, now, right? yeah. exactly. Plus, I'm a bit sick of the precocious teenager. I'm a bit <laughs> sick of the super genius teenager who knows everything and can tell the grownups who've been at it for, you know, you know, however many years. I don't want a super genius detective to come in. And, I don't even like Batman, but I don't want some 12-year-old to come in and make Batman look like a punk. Like, of course, you're stupid, Cape Crusader, because my ninth-level intellect is totally blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And you foolishly missed these clues. No, he didn't. He's freaking Batman. He didn't miss any damn clues. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you don't undercut them with this. So, I figured we'd go the other way with her and try my best to write her like an actual 11-year-old. And that's, right? what I, that's what I told Donnie in some of our reviews when we re reviewed the book so far, is that I feel that she actually feels like the age that she's supposed to be. Yeah, you yeah. Know, like, it's like because, and you'll know this from being a TV writer as well. When they, when you deal with teenagers on some of these shows, you know they're casting twenty five year olds, you know, i.e. Smallville, and it's like okay, that guy doesn't. He's not a teenager. He's twenty five. Like there's no hiding it. Like the guy's got a five o'clock shadow. Yeah, he's got <laughs> grandchildren. He's clearly forty two years old. Yeah, so right? it's like I buy. You know, I buy that that, that she's twelve yeah. or thirteen or whatever. And yeah. it really feels authentic. So I, I want to, you know, Thank thanks you for, for writing it. That makes <laughs> writing a team that makes, or not a team, but a team. You know what I mean? Yeah, people have said she's annoying. And I'm like, you're damn right she's annoying. If you're an adult and you're constantly dealing with an 11-year-old that isn't your child, you're mm -hmm. annoyed. I've about got, I've got teenage time. nephews and that think they know they're, that think they know that, right? yeah. It's like, okay, I, be, cool. yeah. be quiet. You don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. So she's a great kid. She's got the yeah. impulse to be a, a hero. She yeah. has definitely done heroic things. She doesn't get scared by weird crap that gets thrown at superheroes. Obviously, all that happened in Young Justice. All that stuff she was saying about Gemworld, yeah. you got to picture this kid as a street kid in La Paz. She gets mm. this glove, and then all of a sudden she's having adventures fighting supervillains and going to other dimensions, and it doesn't phase her. So she's kind of badass. Yeah, it's, right. just, yeah. it's just she doesn't need to be every kind of badass. Yeah, right. Right. So, for instance, leaving her at the end of issue two, crying, like you've been through a lot, but she never was standing at ground zero for 9-11. Yeah. Like, and I'm the only survivor. And the only reason I survived was quick thinking and this one thing that nobody else had. That's going to land on a kid. Yeah. Like we've seen we've seen those kids on CNN. We've seen them in the Middle East. We've seen them in the United States, sadly, after every shooting. We've seen, we've seen, you know, we've seen those kids. Well, Kelly's now one of those kids, but she's got one of the most powerful weapons in the universe strapped to her body. And you can't take it off unless she lets you. Yeah. So, we've already, yeah, the Guardians tried to do it and they can't do it. Like, so. Well, they could. This, oh, it's so hard with comics because I'm a fan too. So I know how fans think. I do it mm -hmm. too when it's not a book I'm writing. The Guardians could have taken that glove off her at any time. Any four Green Lanterns could have been like, smack, give me the glove. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. But they're one, they're heroes. And two, 
we don't know what the glove is. We don't really, once we right. determine that it's not connected to the battery, it's got some design elements in common with Krona's gauntlet. The Krona's gauntlet blew up. The chips are in a, a shadow vault somewhere. Mm -hmm. So it's not that. Um, who built this thing? How is it powered since it's not using what it looks like it's using? We've never seen this before. Anytime the Guardians go, we've never seen this before, they're not messing with that thing like willy-nilly. They've been around billions of years. If you show them something they've never seen before, they're gonna freak out. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're like, let's all, you know, like be reasonable. Let us have it. No, <laughs> okay, let's keep talking because we really need you to not use this device. Let's just all keep talking, right? That's the way you handle that because what you don't want is Kelly to go off because we don't know what that will be. Like, we literally don't know. It could be nothing, or it could be the worst thing that's ever happened. We don't know. So let's all chill. So that's why they deal with her that way. And John's trying to be a good mentor, but he's also a soldier. And the soldiers are given assignments. So sometimes I got to go, baby. You can't come with me to the front line. So this other soldier is now going to look after you. And I right? love, the, I love the, the, the relationship and the banter between her and Simon. It was very, you know... Yeah. Uh, Big brother, little sister kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Where, yeah. where John is like the uncle that you know is more stoic and that's right. That's <laughs> right. Here, you got it. You but, got it. Uh, but I loved it because again, it felt the way you wrote it. It felt genuine and authentic, and it wasn't like just this is how I think this relationship is supposed to be. No, no, this is yeah. how it actually you're right. So. Yeah, and they don't know her. And Joe, when you'll see what happens with Joe. But a lot of the questions that people have about the book, I also have. I put the questions into the book. Who let Kelly come to Oa? <laughs> what what parent told John Stewart, "Oh, you want to take my my kid out of the galaxy to this planet I've never heard of?" To <laughs> like what, to do what? Like, and by the way, she's been gone for four weeks someplace. She calls Gem World. Is that? Like, like that's what parents should be doing. The parents are like, she's uh, going insane. Take her exactly. Yeah. Take her that, big, yeah. that big green glowing thing—that's not radioactive, is it? Because we're right. all really worried about that, right? Yeah. Like, As a parent, I'd be concerned, right? A little bit. <laughs> so, who who are these people that let her it's go like, like that? It's like a Maury Povich episode. They send her to boot camp when she got out of control. They're like, no, no, no. Okay. <laughs> We can't have a little yeah, I was just saying, let's say, whatever, whatever, I'll do what I want. <laughs> but, right. but, she storms um, off the stage. <laughs> right. So there's that question. There's that question about her. So she's definitely in the show, so to speak. But the book's not about her. The book's yeah. about John, basically, and about Joe, which now that she's shown up. And then Simon and then Kelly. And yeah, their blood brother-sister relationship between Simon comes from a big family. Yeah. It's a messed up family in the sense that he's kind of the, the, the black sheep of that family. A lot family. of families are. <laughs> yeah. But he, loved, he loves his family. Yeah. He's good with, he is actually good with kids, right? Yeah. Whereas the other Green Lanterns, they vary on how good or bad they are. <laughs> <laughs> right? And she's a kid, but she's not just any kid. Yeah. So you can't just handle her the way you would some rando that stumbled into a battlefield, right? We see her doing stuff during these fights. Right, she doesn't run from trouble. She runs toward it. Right, like I, I can help. I can help. Right, and even in issue two, guys like get out of the way. Right, <laughs> right? Oh, I'm helping. You're not helping. Go away. Yeah. Right, which technically she probably in another book she might have been helping, depending on how the focus is. But guy doesn't see it that way. He sees right. her as a distraction. 
Like, I don't know what she's going to do. She's got a lot of juice, but she's not a Green Lantern. So she's a wild card. I really can't have any wild cards. I'm fighting a dragon. Can we please take the kid away? Speaking of, I appreciated the use of the rings with the rocks around the dragon. I really like that. Yeah. Okay. Deep cut. I love comic books, man. I freaking love comic books. Okay. So the sorcerer's (laughs) world people. All of the stuff, by the way, I'm not making any of this stuff up. The only thing I made up really was the crux worlds. Okay. Okay. Almost everything else in this book is stuff that's just in DC and people have been thinking about it. So like the sorcerer's world is a big deal in the future in the Legion of Superheroes era, but it exists now. Also, the Guardians took away half the co- half the magical potential of the universe. Mm-hmm. Stuck it in a box called the Star Heart, which now basically is Alan Scott. Right. Like after all that crap with the Star Heart, it ended up just him being having all the energy. It's all him. They don't know that. The the the, the sorcerers people don't know that. They mm-hmm. think the guardians have the Star Heart in a box somewhere. Right. Boy, are they going to be upset when they find out it's a guy. Right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, are we going to see? Are we going to see him too potentially? Well, potentially, you can say potentially yes. I mean, it really all depends on how long they let me flex on the book. Okay. Like. The, the long-term answer is I would try to get everything cohesive under this. We would not turn Alan Scott into this kind of Green Lantern, but he's directly connected to their mythology. Sure. So theoretically, you could have, not even theoretically, it seems automatic that at some point, Euridian's people are going to figure out, oh, the Starheart's on Earth, and this guy has access to it. They still don't realize he is the Starheart, and they go to do something about it, and they get a whole lot of smacking around when they mess with Alan Scott. Don't mess with Alan Scott, okay? You don't want any of that, okay? okay. Right? You really don't want any of Alan Scott be yeah. mad at you, okay? That's a good so, point, yeah. Right? So you could do a whole miniseries just about that. So the, the long-form answer is if they let me stick around, yes. If not, that's for some other writer to mess around with. So but, as a fan, I, I'm just yeah. going to say, let him stick around, DC. <laughs> yes. Well, I want to. That's the weirdest thing. I really only had like a very discreet sort of story I wanted to tell, set up some stuff for the next batch of writers. But I told him point blank, as long as you guys want me, I'll stick around. I'm, I'm having a, okay. a good time writing this. Okay. And there's now, it's like everything, every little thing you do, it's like, oh, well, if we did this in a year, we could do that. You know, so now, now I see how you get hooked on this crap. Because yeah. it's just, <laughs> I will yeah. never leave. No, you know? I, I, like, I like when, I like when, and we really will get to our questions after this, but I, okay. provided, provided that, you know, the, the writer is doing some cool stuff, I like when they have lengthy runs. I, I think nowadays it's too, like, the, too short too, stories are too short term you know what i mean like, yeah you get yeah. comfortable and then it's like well that's done and it's like well, well now i gotta get I, and i'm I cool with new, you, i'm cool with new I, stuff but it's I like think what you want to have is a, a a happy medium between the old school where it's just one and done every issue and doesn't yeah. really go anywhere or whatever and this really decompress where you're writing for the trade yeah right like <laughs> i don't think it needs to be that stretched out oh no I think yeah. that's crazy but i also don't think you go back to like oh this doesn't really matter just kind of a cool adventure and then next next month it'll be something completely other than that yeah so let's try and have some themes and have some crossover stuff like but we don't have to have it we don't have to have this epic right it doesn't have to be always epic every five issues it doesn't have have to be an event every every issue Mm -hmm. (laughs) with with 45 (laughs) tie-ins that don't actually move the story it's like 
Why, right. why did I buy this? <laughs> right. To me, that's to me that's too much. But in a perfect world, what we would like to have is maybe the main Green Lantern book and either mini series off to the side of it every year about characters that we'll introduce or modify, and they're like, oh, that was cool. Jeff's not doing anything with that character right now in the main book, but that was such a cool adventure you put them on. Let some other writing and artist, let some other creative team just do that adventure. See, I like that idea of panoramic storytelling. Of there, yeah. there, there are other things going on at the same time. So well, yeah, yeah. And we've even said it, Donnie, on here that we think the Green Lantern mythology could support more than one book. They don't sure. all have to be ongoing, but you know, a miniseries, another miniseries, like. I don't necessarily think we have to restrict it to one book. And again, there's so many green, like Earth Green Lanterns. You could tell your story with John and some other ones, and somebody else could pick up the ball. Like I don't see why there has to be this. You know, it's one. There doesn't and that's have it. to be that. Exactly. I so I think we need to make the lanterns more unique than they are. Yeah. Uh, I think something okay. was done with that. Over well, different writers have tried it in different ways, and that'll be my turn at bat. Maybe I'll get it. Or I won't in the next. Maybe Raymond Ryan Ryan Katie takes over and he 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 solves the equation, right? But what my part of my mandate is is to make the make each lantern distinct, so that not just in terms of what kind of constructs they can make because of their personality, but truly distinct. So in order to do that, we kind of have to change the way we have to change their relationship to one another and to the power battery. So in order to do that, we have to blow up the power battery. I didn't invent the destruction of the power battery. They that was a that was an that was an editorial. In some way or another, the power battery is going to have to be off the board okay. for a while because okay. there's a lot of other crap going on in DC. Right, that I have yeah. nothing to do with. Yeah. And they're like, this is you know, it's saying Doctor Who. This is a fixed point. Yeah. So you whatever you do with your book, at some point in your first arc, the battery is going. So away. so that was the mandate basically. Get rid of the battery. Whatever you want to do, do it, but get rid of the battery. Yeah, but I could have put that, I could have spaced that anywhere. That could have been the last thing that happened in the arc, right? Mm -hmm. I decided to make it the first thing. It was an intriguing way to start. I was like, oh, all right, we're already there. And and that art, that panel was... I wasn't joking when he said nobody's safe. Nobody is safe, man. Nobody is safe. (laughs) That panel's amazing. Game of Thrones without the the nudity. I'm like, okay, all right, we're here. Let me tell you, Marco is... It's amazing. I mean, he's... Like I said, I didn't know the guys are. I didn't know the guys work, but I feel like all of these artists. I feel blessed because they are enjoying the storytelling. So when you see what they do with it, like on the first, like I said, the first few issues, it was um, cast of millions, cast of thousands. I, I'm sorry, guys. I'm really sorry. <laughs> I actually am because I can yeah. draw a bit myself, and yeah. it's like I know what that means. That's a mm-hmm. lot of long nights if you do it right. It's a lot of long nights. It's yeah. a lot of hard work. And I'm sorry, but I promise you it won't be like this after we get this out of the way. Now, that sucks for Dexter because he's gone. <laughs> yeah. but, but for the other guys, it isn't like that anymore. Yeah. So, but with Marco, man, every issue, he's just like settling. You can, it's beautiful to watch them settle in. Same with, same with Tom. He had two runs in, um, in Future State, but that version of John was so different than the version of yeah. John. It was, oh, yeah. Was, that we're doing right now like so it doesn't really help you because none of those characters appear in this book like that version of john just does not appear that's 15 years from now 14 mm-hmm. years right. from now yeah so who knows if we even make it there like already things are changing yeah the the, the kelly story that happened in future state can't have happened that way 
if it happens, it didn't happen the way it was shown in Future State because she was on Oa when the battery went down. Mm-hmm. She wasn't on Mogo when the battery went down. So, okay. How's that supposed to so see what future, I mean? So that future's already changing. Yeah. So I, I kept saying it. I said that at the beginning. Always in motion is the future. So you're going to see a lot of the stuff that happened in Future State in some way, but not a lot of the stuff in Future State because it's so far in the future. Like Orion, don't expect any big Orion appearance. Okay. That ain't happening. Not going to be okay. an Orion appearance. Um, okay. Uh, um, you're probably not going to see Gnort turn into big, hulked-out Gnort. That's probably not happening. I'm not going to say absolutely not, but I have no plans to do that in this. So office. he hasn't taken the steroids yet. Although there is a story behind why he is that way in Future State. But I think what was missed, and then I'll shut up and let you guys do your thing with this questioning, but Future State, DC took a lot of trouble to say, look, this is the future. It's literally called Future State. It's not five minutes in the future. Yeah. Ours was the closest to now, and that was 15 years ahead. So you guys didn't see. We didn't see what happened in the middle decade and a half. We Last time you saw John Stewart, he was looking like this and doing this. And now he's over here being the Pirate King in this weird space, fighting these hordes of monsters. Like, don't you assume some shit went down? Yeah. <laughs> well, and, that's what, and that's what we said when we, when we, when we, when, you know, when the news of Future State was first coming out, we came on a podcast because, you know, fandom being fandom and a bunch of them were freaking out. And it's like, can we just like, look, at best, this is great and we like it and we want more of Future State. At worst, it's a two month thing. And then the books go back to normal. Let's right. let the people tell their stories. And then, and if you really, and my thing was, if you really don't want to read it, here's the best solution. You're all like it's a two month break from comic books. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Just don't read it. Like, there's a bunch of books that, like, I always, I don't know, like, I don't know if the internet did this to us or what. But oh, yeah, the internet's made everything worse. <laughs> <I'm convinced>. <laughs> <laughs> I've been a fan as long as Donnie. I've been reading comics as long as Donnie. I got a shitload of comics. I got stuff in storage. Between 30,000 and 50,000, you said once, right? Yeah, some ridiculous amount of comics. I've been reading comics for a long time. But you know what I don't do? I never read a comic I don't like. I never buy a comic that I don't like. I don't buy it just to complete the set, right? So, like, like, I I think the closest I came for doing that was I had an almost unbroken run of X-Men from one to whatever. And at some point, it got too weird for me. It wasn't that it was bad. It was like, I just don't recognize these characters anymore. I'm not mm-hmm. saying they're bad. Yeah. It's just not for me. Yeah. And I literally just stopped buying them. A book I've been collecting for 30 years not, without a break. I was mm-hmm. just like, it went in a different direction. I'm done. I'll come back later. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'll check it out later in a year or so when I, this is done. I, I've done that recently. Like, and literally with a character that I love, which is Batman, one of the books, I, I, I won't say which because I don't want to disparage who's writing them, but I don't like the direction it's going. I'm like, I, I, it's just not my thing. But then DC comes on and says, we're doing something with Jace Fox. I am Batman number zero. I'm like, ooh, I'm going to add that to my list. And it's exactly. Like, and if I like it, great, I'll keep reading. If I don't, see ya. Exactly. More That's power right. to you, but I'm out. You know, I'm out. I, I wish more fans would be like that. I, so, I, I, I try, no, don't get me wrong. I go into my social media rants too. But I, I try to limit them. You know what I mean? That's I part mean, of the fun. No, I'll be honest but, with you. If, it, if it's hockey, all bets are off. I, I can't apologize for the way I behave. But we, <laughs> so you're, you're Canadian is what you're saying. Basically, just yeah. Still... <laughs> but with comic books, I'll try to be as... And movies and shit like that. I'll try and be as respectful as I can. Uh, yeah, really, I will. Um, 
I'm not here to mess up other creators. And I won't uh, harass people with hashtags. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I mean, the, the, the creator would have to be doing something so awful in real life, not related to comic books, but just yeah, yeah, yeah. something awful in real life yeah. for me to have anything to say about them. Yeah, exactly, like, exactly. Yeah. Like, I just don't buy the books I don't like. Yeah, exactly. I don't know why it has to be more complicated than that. And, you know, if people get fixed, and one of the fun things about the Green Lantern concept is, uh, Donnie has said, and other people have said, there's thousands of them. Like, all of those thousands of Green Lanterns are the Green Lantern. Yeah. They're all the Green Lantern. That's the whole point of it, yeah. right? So I'll do my run. Some people will like it. Some people won't. Some people will be indifferent. And then someone else will take over. Some people will like it. Some people won't. Some yeah. people will be indifferent. It's, just, it's, exactly. the, it's the cycle. But, but, and what Donnie yeah. and I have said, when, you know, when the whole, you know, what was it? Uh, I can't remember what site, the, the controversy about you and Hal Jordan. I'm like, okay. It was a, I, it was a number of them. It was yeah, several yeah. places. But I said to yeah, myself, well, I, they, said, I said to myself, you know, look, even if Kyle is the guy that I, that I first started reading, John is the first one I saw. Kyle is the first one I started reading. So even though I love a whole book with Kyle all the time, 24-7, but be that as it may, it helps that I, I also like John. But even if, if I, you know, John wasn't my guy, because I love the concept of Green Lantern, I would have given you run a shot, and here's why. Because if the sales are good, it'll tell DC, people like Green Lantern, let's keep doing it, regardless if it's you or somebody else. Now, that is correct. If I'm going to yeah. sit here and say, oh, well, I don't like, he's using John Stewart, screw it, and not pick up the book at all, at least a couple issues to give it a shot, then DC's going to look at sales and say, wait a minute, people don't want this Green Lantern character anymore, let's not make any Green Lantern books. So right. out of my love for the mythology, I'll give anybody's book, you know, I, I, my, my sort of rule of thumb is I'll give somebody one story arc. And then if I don't wow. like that. That's generous. Then, Thank you for that. I, I will take that story. Well, I'm the, yeah. I, I, you, I, will, I will take that story. After two issues, your 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 chance is extended. I'll tell you that right now. Well, I'm not going anywhere. Just wait, though. Like I said, it's not the apocalypse. Every issue. I don't know if I can buy. I don't know if I can buy every issue. I don't know if I can buy it twice every time, but I'll buy one copy <laughs> at least. So I'll tell you that. Um, well, as Captain America said to Bucky, finish it then, because I'm with you till the end. <laughs> oh um, wow! Okay. We should give him. We should give uh, him our questions, Donnie, because we, we, we should. Yeah, please. By the way, you're listening yeah, to the Multiverse it. Musings vidcast. <laughs> yeah, he likes to plug. <laughs> Every once in a while, you'll hear him drop a plug for our own show because shameless plugs. Why not? All right, Donnie, give him the first question. Okay, sir. Uh, we know the TV star and the veteran writer, but who is Jeff Thorne aside from the creative genius? What makes you tick? <laughs> <laughs> Um, what makes me tick is good stories. Uh, I always say this, it's only halfway a joke. Uh, I love my wife, I love my friends, and I love really good stories. Um, I, I don't ultimately care who writes them up to a point. Like, again, if you're a freaking pedophile or, you know, right. uh, yeah. uh, 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 a school shooter or a bomber yeah. and you yeah. wrote, yeah, don't murder your wife and expect me to keep buy, buying your book. Yeah. But... but I just love good stories. I'm here for it. I love reading good stories. I love hearing them, telling them, watching them. I, I, I am here for it. That's why I have so many freaking comics and books and DVDs. And I go to plays. I've, I've just got addicted to stories and storytellers as a child and never stopped. So um, I, you can sit me down by telling me a good story. 
I will sit at a bus stop with a stranger if they got a good story to tell. Like, wow. I love that. Yeah. So wow. I, I just, that's it. And I'm, I like adventure. I like the, I, I'm in some ways I'm a traditionalist. I like the stories of people being good against adversity. I like the stories of regular people wow. doing that. And I like the stories of like these superheroes or heroic figures who are, have the, the forces of evil, let's say, against them and they get beat and beat and beat and they still stand back up. Like, oh, wow. I like yeah. the message that that sends. Uh, I, uh, and I'm a traditionalist. When I write superheroes, I write superheroes. I don't, I'm not writing my friend Bob and sticking him in a superhero costume to tell his story, <laughs> right. you know, a, as if he were Captain America. Darn it, I was right. really looking forward I, to that arc. <laughs> no, you nobody, nobody was looking for that. But, but yeah, so I, I'm, I'm very old school in that regard. That's probably why the book is in some ways more familiar than people expected it to be. Um, but I, I always say this, I'm a combination of, I have my real parents, and then I have my three parents, the original Twilight Zone, the original Star Trek, and Sesame Street. Okay. If, if you want to know me, if you want to know me, understand what those shows were about, and the creators behind them were about, and what their messages were, because I took that message in as a child, and I have never deviated from that pathway in 40 odd years. Like, I'm, I'm that dude. Like, wow. I don't lie. I'm loyal to my friends. Uh, not because of moral reasons, but I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't do drugs. Right. That's not for morality, though. I yeah. just don't like the taste of alcohol and I don't yeah, like yeah. the effect drugs at all. Yeah. But so, I mean, I'm boring in that way. I'm sure some people will find me a stiff, but that stuff stuck, took hold of me when I was a kid. I never lie. I never lie. So, that's gotten me in trouble with many a friend who was cheating on his, <laughs> cheating on his girlfriend. Oh, and I'm like, oh. well, I'll tell you what, if your oh. current girlfriend asked me, she's getting told, okay? Uh -huh. So don't share your shady stuff with me because I will snitch the hell out of you, okay? <laughs> right? That's a good but, policy, I understand. Well, I say it like this. I'm not gonna run to the cops or run to whoever, right? If you're my friend and you're doing something shady, I'm gonna try to talk you out of it. Right. If it's truly illegal, you've made me an accessory before the crime. Yep. So if the crime comes off, I'm going to go to the cops and get my ass yeah. out of trouble. <laughs> of okay? But two, I'm going to do my best to talk you out of it. And three, in a social situation, I'm not going to go volunteer the information, but I'm not lying for you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm the guy in a bar fight. I'm going to decide whether or not you deserve to get your ass kicked for what you pulled <laughs> in the bar. I'm not yeah. just going to stand up with my friend and maybe get killed or maimed because you decided to talk to some other guy's girlfriend because you thought you had it like that. And then look back at the table of your boys go, we're about to get in a fight. No, you're about to get in a fight. You shouldn't have been talking to that girl. <laughs> we, yeah. told you, right? we told you not to do that. You went and did it anyway. So until it looks like you're going to the hospital, you're about to get an ass whipping because I'm not, uh, I'm not stepping in on that. Yeah. Right? So you can, so that's who I am. That's the okay. kind of guy I am. Awesome. Um, awesome. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, what was your introduction to comic books as a whole? Wow. Uh, my dad. Um, my dad uh, hooked me up. What's weird, right? Like, uh, I listened oh, okay. to 1940s radio heroes because in DC, where I grew up, uh, they did this thing called the Big Broadcast, which was uh, the PBS radio station 
uh, would play from like six o'clock on a Friday to 6 a.m. on a Monday every weekend for at least it seemed like every weekend for a while. Um, whatever was on the air on some station uh, in 1938, 1941, whatever. Commercials, news shows. It was basically like you were just listening to the radio from yeah. that period of time, right? And I heard The Shadow. I heard Agent X. Oh, uh, wow. I heard Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. Um, we offer you suspense. I heard all those shows at the same age as my dad heard them when he was a kid when they were actually on the air. Oh, okay. Right? Mm -hmm. So that's one. Then he brought me a book called The Great Comic Book Superheroes, uh, which had like, I don't know, um, the original Human Torch, the Namor, um, Superman, Batman, uh, Wonder Woman, I think, uh, uh, the spirit, which was weird compared to all the other ones. Right. Oh, yeah. What? Yeah. What? what? Like, blah, blah, blah. And the spirit. I'm like, yeah. okay. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. He does not fit with these people. <laughs> the Flash, the original Flash. Yeah. Right. Um, and I was like, what are these? Right. And it just, right. Mm -hmm. And um, this was at a time when you could pick up a comic book for um, 20 cents. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. 7-Eleven or whatever. Mm -hmm. So uh, I randomly, I think, picked up Commandy number, I don't know, but it's either seven or nine, whichever the one with the green cover and all the monkeys behind him. And he's sort of looking at the camera. And it was, and I remember to this day, it was told from the point of view of a doctor who had written in a diary the events uh, leading up to all of these people being treated in this situation. It was an ape doctor talking about his test subjects who were all these people who, from his point of view, were animals in mm -hmm. this thing and Commandy sort of coming across all this. And I was like, Jack Kirby, I guess you just own my soul for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> right? And then after that, I just never stopped. I picked up Legion of Superheroes was the next thing I read. Fantastic Four, John Romita and Stan Lee's Spider-Man. All these things were just on shelves. Like like you would randomly see them in a yeah. checkout land or oh, yeah. at an air airport or a bus stop newsstand or whatever. Yeah. And they were at kid eye level. And if you had change in your pocket, you could probably get one of them. Yeah. So I just started it, never stopped. And then we went overseas a lot back then. And what you would find in any English-speaking country was comic books. You would still find them anywhere. So I kept buying them because they were great. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And now we are, I'm, I'm 50 plus, and I still do it. I, I just love comics. All right. Well, let me ask you then, what was your first impression of John Stewart? Interesting. My first impression of John was probably, I don't know if it was the original run of Hard Traveling Heroes, but right around the Adams O'Neill introduction of John, I probably became aware of him but I wasn't a big Green Lantern fan at the time, so I didn't really care one way or the other. Um, I just tracked him. I think when Joe Staten was drawing Green Lantern, there was a period of time when all the Green Lanterns that were left were on Earth. They built their own citadel on yeah. Earth. <laughs> so it was um, John, Kat Matui, mm -hmm. Salak, Chip, yeah. uh, Kilowog, right? right. Guy, and how or was how gone at that point for some reason? Might have been Aresia at that point, too. Yeah, and Aresia, yeah. right? And uh, I thought those were fun. Uh, John was married to Kat. Right. Um, uh, Aresia had 
aged herself up to be a grown-up. We don't yeah, have to ooh. talk about oh, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, no, no. Okay. <laughs> all, all, all you Hal fans conveniently forget that period, don't you? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, right. Um, and I pretty much read him all the way through as a, you know, he was he was the main lantern for about five minutes. Like there was a period of time where it was his book and the others were all sort of whatever. And I think, didn't they call it Green Lantern Corps? I think that's what the book was called at that point. Yeah, after issue yeah. number 200, it became Green Lantern Corps from 200 to 224. I knew you'd know right. that, Donnie. There you go. And so we got to do that. And then we got all the way to Emerald, uh, Emerald Twilight and mm -hmm. all of that. Um, and, but John was always sort of threaded through it. There was just that one brief period where he was in charge of it. But like, especially after Kat died, uh, after Star Sapphire killed her, he was sort of John's house uh, confidant, right? They would talk about lantern stuff, yeah. and you know there was a period where even when they were married, he would come over and they would give him advice. Because Hal was kind of a screw up in everything except being a Green Lantern. Like his right. actual life <laughs> yeah. was yeah. just a mess, right? It's yeah. like, well, why don't you just settle down with some nice girl? And so they were like the old married couple, which I thought was hysterical considering who Cat Matui actually was. I was like, yeah. really? She's Okay, whatever. But um, <laughs> but yeah, and then, then people started getting killed or whatever. But yeah, I just John was just somebody I threaded through. I wouldn't describe John as my favorite character by any means. Mm -hmm. um, he was a character of which I was aware. Uh, I was very much a Marblehead back then. And I think I was reading it because I liked the concept of Green Lantern. It didn't even sort of matter at the time who yeah. was Green Lantern. Like mm -hmm. I didn't need to. I, like when they showed up with Chip, I was like, okay. Fine, let's go. You know, <laughs> like whatever. And yeah. what was that one? Oh, there was that other one, the gray one who was dead. Mm -hmm. What was his name? And his ring kept him kept him together. The dead one. Um, are you, wait a minute. Are you Druig, talking? Druk, Druk, oh yeah, Drick. 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 Yeah. yeah, yeah. I love that. Like that's the kind of crap that weird pre pre Alan Moore weirdness, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, that's like has been weird for a long time oh Alan yes Moore very much so yeah <laughs> right so that's the kind of fun i like um i remember the larry niven john Byrne, um right where he beat the guy by shooting the green energy but then it shifted red and it was a and then it turned into the right color so it could punch through to the bad guy and i was like yes you know so i love that crap but yeah so i threaded with john but really what happened was when he was chosen to be the Green Lantern in the show in Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. Um, and they made some changes to him. He had not been a Marine before that. He had not been an ex-Marine before that. Um, it sort of brought him to the front in a way that I had, I, I'm not gonna lie, as a black kid, um, I was like, okay. Thanks. And then the comics didn't change to reflect that. So I was like, okay, you know, nothing wrong with it, but that's not my guy. So, um, and yeah. It's yeah, I don't think the comics actually referenced that until I think it was 2007, like after the show was over, was that finally integrated into the character? Yeah, well after, well after. It's, yeah, funny, it's funny you say that because the first exposure I had to the character was the animated series, the Justice League, you know, so it was John, and then I remember when I went because I, I had left comics for a while, and then I got back into it around two thousand two, three, whatever it was, and but even, and I was exclusively back then in the early days when I only had four titles on my list, 
it was Batman, Detective Action, and Superman. Those, like those were my guys. That was it. And then my buddy, a good friend of mine, was like, well, "You should really try Green Lantern." I'm like, "Oh, the guy from the cartoon." And he's like, "Yeah, but it's not that guy anymore." And I'm like, yeah. "All right." So I explained the concept to me, and all he said was, "The easiest way I can distill it for you is Superman meets Star Wars." I'm like, "Yeah, right, how can you go wrong?" I'm like, right, yeah. "I'm in, I'm in." And then I go to the books and I see Kyle. So I started reading that, and and that's what I kind of got in, you know, the graphic novels yeah. that way. But so now that you bring up John the way you did, you're now in charge of DC's uh, first black titular character in the 50th year of his existence. What, what does that mean to you? Quite a bit, actually. Um, I, I had not realized how long it had been until they started making all those announcements. Like, damn, I've been reading these comic books for a while. <laughs> but <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I'm aware of that. Um, I, I don't let it bother me overall. One of the things you have to do when you write this kind of fiction is one you understand you got to hand it off to somebody when you're done at some point at some point you'll be done and you got to hand it off to people in the shape that they can keep going with whatever you did or if they want to put it down that it's not a jolt for the audience to put it down and that's 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 hard enough um with a character like this what happens with a lot of these these characters really all characters but with characters that are one sort of secondary they're really really John was created to be part of Hal Jordan's story. So over the years, he and Guy, and, and I think Kyle escaped that because he was alone for a while. He was literally the only Green Lantern for a while. So he, he escaped that. He was not being told as part of Hal's story. At that point. Mm -hmm. But the other guys all are. So with John, I wanted him to have his own story I want him to have his own story. So um, I, I want to respect the character enough to shine light on him. Um, people, for many reasons, want to forget that the mosaic existed, the mosaic <laughs> Again, largely due to the behavior of one of the creators. Yes, yes, right. Uh, but um, it does exist, and it made John fairly unique but it can't be addressed because of this awful thing that the creator did. And I'm like, yeah, well, the canon's the canon. There's a lot of things I'm mad at creators from the past about. Right. A lot of them were racist. A lot of them were misogynists. A lot of them did horrible stuff backstage that the audience doesn't even know about. And I buy their comics because they're, I don't buy their comics, but I don't not buy Green Lantern because this thing happened or because of what Bill, Bob Kane did to Bill Finger, I don't buy Batman, yeah. right? Like we know Bob Kane was a bag of shit, but <laughs> what yeah. can we do about it? Like, what is what does that do to I'm, me? I'm glad you said that because when I, wa I watched the documentary about Bill Finger and I'm like, wait a minute, so all the cool things I love about Batman were because of Bill Finger. I'm like, all right, good to know. Like, but you saw that documentary. It's even worse than just taking the ideas. He just worked that poor man over. Yeah, right? like, yeah, it's, yeah. So he's an awful person. Is my yeah. Point. So uh, it's not libelous for me to say that he was empirically an awful human. <laughs> yeah, <person>. empirically, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> right. Like, so like you say that. Yeah. Right. So so you're looking at the mosaic, and you you have to ask yourself. You have to treat these characters with the respect that what kind of person is this? So like. There's something I want to do with Hal that I thought would be really fun and in some ways elevate the character. But my editor was like, 
in that role, really? And there's like, it'd be some really interesting stories. I was like, yeah, but, you know, we had a long talk about it. And ultimately, my editor talked me out of doing it because he made the case, is that in his character? Like, it, will that serve his character? Will it push his character to a good place? Not negatively or positively, but like, will it make it better? Will it will mm -hmm. it get add a wrinkle that people go, oh, that's cool. I never saw him that way before. Will they go, huh? You know, and we don't want them to do the second one. We want them to be happy when they see these changes that we're making, or at least be interested. Mm -hmm. So with John, it's the same thing. He's had all this history and he's done all this stuff, but like, and you're gonna see some of that addressed directly in this current issue that's coming out next week. Um, and it's going to be a theme throughout. What I have been saying is I'm not trying to change him. I'm not trying to make him into some sort of a Mary Sue for me. Me and John are not alike at all. Um, not at all. <laughs> but um, what I do want to do is show that the events of his life have shaped the kind of person that is maybe a little bit different than what you expect that person would be. Like, okay. there's more going on in there. Like, a lot have been made of, why aren't we always showing him as a Marine from the show? He's also an architect. And I'm like, these are just jobs. Mm -hmm. Like, both of those are just jobs. So we're, you're right. We should show more of the architect stuff. But who is he? Not what does he do? So that's part of the way I'm going to try and use the battery destruction is to start to show what kind of people these people are. Not in a way that, I mean, other people have done it too in some ways, but maybe in a way that hasn't really been eliminated before. This kind of adversity is different. Um, I think the battery's been depowered. It's been shattered. In this case, it's gone. It's completely gone. It's destroyed. There's nothing. There's a crater. That's it. Okay. There's no like. There's, there's no, no repairing pieces. the battery whatsoever. Yes. The battery is gone. Gone. Okay. Gone. <laughs> okay. Okay. And I've told people point blank multiple times if you see someone die in a normal way that a person can die, they're dead. They're not secretly. <laughs> secretly coming back with a magical heart transplant or they got shunted to the phantom zone they're dead if they got shot in the face with bullets they're dead, they're dead. <laughs> okay that's okay. hard to come back from that <laughs> exactly and in basically the same way whatever you know about the power battery you can file that in the archives because that power battery is gone okay okay um which is part of the story and i remember that it's a story being told about green lantern Okay, no matter what we do in the middle, mm -hmm. it's still a story about Green Lanterns. So right. they gotta be Green Lanterns. Okay. Sure, right. Right. I'm not gonna turn them into sort of these wandering nomads who remembered once upon a time there was a thing called Green Lanterns. You know? yeah. yeah, they're gonna be Green Lanterns kids. Let's all relax and just have a fun time with the story. Okay. We're, but, we're not, you know, so we're not dealing with the studio executives that's gonna say, why do they need the ring for? <laughs> <laughs> It's like, duh. when I hear stuff like that, it's like, really? Like, Dude, I heard somebody say, we can't use the rings because boys don't like rings. And I'm like, what boys are you talking to? Have you what? ever met a fraternity? I have got, got my own green, listen, I've got my Green Lantern ring. I mean, it doesn't do anything, but I have one. Right. <laughs> I, have, I have a legion of superheroes ring, ring around here somewhere. Stop with that. I wish you did right? something. It's like, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So I'm saying that with John, what we want to do is show nuance. We want to show, we want to round him out and make him more three-dimensional maybe mm -hmm. uh, than he has been before. And I want to do that hopefully with all of the characters, but since John and Joe are really the focus right now, which isn't, by the way, to say that once we get to arc two, now that we know we're going to get there, doesn't mean that it's going to be about John and Joe. 
-hmm. like this is the book called Green Lantern. I just, like I said, I have one story to tell. And now it's got grown out to this giant wow. thing. So the new story is something other than that. It's way bigger. It's totally cosmic in scale. And it's going to take a minute to unfold. Like the first arc is just the first arc. That's why I even asked the question. Like, I don't want to go away until I get through the whole first, like, probably three or four arcs to get to the end of this, this, this story, right? So they're going to go through a lot. John's going to go through a lot. He's going to, he's still never going to turn into the guy in future state because we're not going to go 14 years into the future, but, but he's going to get a bumpy ride. They all are. And at the end of it. If you did have a 14 year run, I think that'd be a record, sir. Um, Chris Claremont stayed too long at the party. I ain't trying to go out like that. So, uh, um, like, but yeah, so John is going to get, John is going to get a lot. And by the way, like what I said about Kyle, there people are like, Jeff loves John. He's going to be this way. I'm like, if I love you, it means more shit's going to get kicked out of you, not less. <laughs> so on that note, what Marvel character do you think would make an effective Green Lantern? And if you had complete creative control, what story would you like to tell involving a Marvel character with a Green Lantern power ring? Wow. Well, I would say off the top, Captain America would make a great Green Lantern. I think, I think Steve would be a, almost a perfect Green Lantern. Yeah. Um, he's got everything you need, plus the moral backbone to never make the wrong choice. Right? Wow. Um, I think he would be the guy who is most conflicted in the, the, the kind of messy stuff that the Green Lanterns sometimes have to get into, but he's also a soldier, so he would sometimes have to make that hard decision, and he'd make it, but he'd carry it. Like, it would not just be like, okay, just do that. It'd be like, we had to do it, and he'd have to, he'd carry it for a long time. Okay. Um, so I would say Steve Rogers. In terms of what would I do in full creative control, I really like, not that I want to do it with the X-Men, but I really like the X-Men Teen Titans crossover um, back in the day. It's Walt mm -hmm. Simonson and not Byrne. Did he write it? Was it Perez and Simonson? I don't remember. But it was um, Darkseid and Dark Phoenix teamed up to do something. And so it needed these two sets of people to, to fight them. And I was like, damn. Like, right. if you haven't read that, in fact, now I need to go back and reread it. because That's a power the right there. Yeah. Yeah. So what I would probably do would be Hmm. Well, X is kind of all over the place right now, so I don't know that I'd want to mess with that. They've got a billion things going on. I would probably do something with the Avengers and the Shi'ar and the Kree. Mm. Um, wow. The thing with the Shi'ar is they have that Macron crystal, that reality-shaping crystal thing that they have. Mm -hmm. um, I would probably make that the centerpiece and do some sort of version of the Annihilus invasion only into the DCU and okay. they don't know how to deal with it and the Green Lanterns are the, the ones that have to deal with something like that and our one one or more of our main Green Lanterns would see the whole essentially they've ne we've never seen the negative zone mm -hmm. like DC doesn't know from the negative zone so first thing would be where these freaks come from the negative zone oh <laughs> what's this other gate on the other side of the negative zone Marvel Universe and on the other side of the Marvel Universe would be these dudes called the Avengers, these people called the Avengers, who've actually, and some of the others, and Nova and maybe some of the others, who've had their dealings of Fantastic Four with the Nihilus. Mm -hmm. So how do we fight them? Well, we're going to have to come help. And so you'd grab whoever 
from our universe or our universe, the Marvel universe. <laughs> right. Why is that our universe? <laughs> right. But it's not like any of that DC's is any more real. My universe, even though none of it exists. I look up in right. the sky and I'm like, shit, Superman doesn't actually exist. Damn it. <laughs> like, why would you even say that? See, that's the that's the genius of Stan. What a monster he was. That I yeah. literally refer to the Marvel universe as our universe. Yeah. That's what, insane. Whenever I read exposition in a Marvel comic, his voice is right there. Yeah, I, I still wrong. hear his voice. You're not wrong. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so I would do that. I would have a crossover probably with Green Lantern Corps and um, Avengers. But there have been so many Avengers that you could really have either a large number of characters, mm-hmm. but also you have your pick of most of the Marvel universe at this point. Not so. that anybody, not that anybody that can green light that is listening, but on the <laughs> off or watching, but on the off chance that one of them stumbles on it, two things: a, I miss Marvel and DC crossovers, and Me b, too. let this man write that that story because I want to see be, I now. Now it. I want that book. I want that book now. <laughs> <laughs> well, but what's horrible about it? I would still say probably since the crisis, certainly for Marvel, I would say the Annihilation was probably the best event they've ever done. To, <laughs> still today. Um, if people go back and reread the the uh, the Annihilation and the second one, Annihilation Conquest, even that, I was like, they did what I'm trying to do in a much, they did it on a much grander scale, but basically the same mandate. They tied together all of Cosmic Marvel. That was part of what right. that book did. What I'm trying to do is sort of explain all of Cosmic DC while telling a Green Lantern story. So every, every time I read this or listen, it's like another event. It's like again. Didn't we just, can I just read a story about a character why without yeah. having to read 54 books that I, I don't want to buy? It's like, come I agree. on. I, the, woman, you're killing my woman, man. It's like, come on. I agree. I miss the days where there was a whole issue where the X-Men just played softball. That was the whole issue. I right? mean you know, like what? And then like, no cars. And then like on page two, somebody cheats like right away. Yeah, like, yeah. Speaking of, and this is not related to our questions, but I got to say, I really appreciated your tweet of all all the unnecessary shade that was being thrown at the Eternals. You just like took everybody down. It's just stupid. Kevin Feige had the the B and C team at best to be with Captain America, right, uh, to work with. To start mm-hmm. all that nonsense. And and ten know, years yeah. later, the yeah. entire world is going to see Endgame and crying when Tony Stark dies. Tony Stark I was one yeah. of them, damn it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean when they started out, no Spider-Man, no Allergies. X-Men, no Fantastic Four. That's right. what they started with. No, yeah. Uh and literally, I don't even think they had the Hulk at the very beginning. They, they had parts they had they only had partial rights. They could use it right. in the Avengers movies. That was it. Yeah. Right. So like and to, to to and and by the way, people conveniently forget when they announced Guardians of the Galaxy, every comic book fan was like, "Huh?" I didn't even know who they were. I was like, "What?" That's my point. Like, so many of us were like, "Of all the characters that you could have chosen, mm-hmm. <laughs> not only these guys, they didn't even use the original Guardians. They used the new version of the Guardians, yeah. which even yeah. fewer." Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And here we are on the other side of that. They got three. They got, they're coming up in their third freaking movie. Yeah. Right. And all these people act like they knew who the Black Panther was. All these these new fans. I'm like, you didn't know who the Black Panther was. People, you knew the concept, maybe. Well, no, no, I know. did. I did. Right. You did. <laughs> I'll, admit, I'll admit, I had no clue. No. Well, but, but I saw the trailer and I was like, Dan, I want to watch that. Amongst comic book fans, 
even among comic book fans, not everybody knew. So there's no way that that was some sort of a short thing for Marvel to do that. They didn't know in advance that, oh, we'll do this, it's gonna be awesome, yeah. right? Like, so the idea that the Eternals is automatically gonna suck just because it's the Eternals, shut up. Uh, exactly. My, my take is this, and then I'll get to my next question, but my take is this, did the trailer knock my socks off? No. Am I going to lie and say, I'm not going to see that? Of course I'm going to see it. At You're going. Point. You're you know? going. Everybody's going. <laughs> it may, it yeah, exactly. Take, it may take yeah. me longer because of, you know, pandemic, you know, kind of craziness. Right. But I'm still right. going to see it. Who am I kidding? I'm not going to be hey. stupid and say it. Okay. I'm also on record as hating everything to do with the Snyderverse and the DC, DC yeah. superheroes. But I'll tell you what, that opening trailer for Man of Steel where he's just flying, mm-hmm. oh. that's boring. But I was leaned forward, wasn't I? That was a boring trailer about Superman. Just a dude flying. That's all he did, right? And I'm like, okay, I'm going to see this movie. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. Like, let the Eternals be the freaking Eternals. Maybe it'll suck. I'll tell their story. I'll either like it or I won't, and I'll move on to the next Marvel movie. It's simple. It's not going to suck. I always say this to people: Marvel movies are so good. Whether you, there are people like it's a formula. I'm like, have you met comic books? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Also, (laughs) but the formula works. Also, by the way, there's a guy named James Bond out here who wants to talk to you real quick about your problem <laughs> with formulas. Later, yeah. Right, 50 years later, how many different guys playing him? Get a grip with that. It'll, yeah. it'll but be, it'll be you fine. Know, the Marvel movies are so good that you really can only compare them to other Marvel movies. Yeah, you can't say, "Well, this movie was better than you know." The Winter Soldier, Captain America, The Winter Soldier. Like you're not comparing it to. You're not even comparing it to DC movies. Yeah. You're only comparing it to other Marvel movies. Yeah. That yeah. tells you the bar, where the bar is set. Yeah. I would say Thor 2 and Iron Man 2 are probably the most hated, right? I guess, comparatively, they're considered the weakest. Go watch them again. Go watch them again. Oh, and Age of Ultron. But most, people, but most people do rewatch it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. They complain yeah. until they're blue in the face, and then they'll still go. Just yep. like... Just like, and uh, can I can I just rant for a second? I've seen so many people say, "Well, if if this new Superman is in Clark, I'm not going to go." Bullshit! You're going. You're going. You're going. You're going. You're going. You're all going. And I'm like, it's been eighty years. If they want to do Calvin Ellis, bring it on. Just here's here's my only request: try and make it good. That's all I'm asking. Yeah, but, just make a good movie. That's what, speaking whatever. of speaking of good. Yes. Speaking of good, yeah. you've called Far Sector a perfect comic. So I yes. got a two-part question: Can you elaborate on that statement? And two, is it exciting or intimidating to work with the character created by an award winner like N.K. Jemisin? Uh, the reason that Far Sector is a perfect comic is it marries all. It's not a perfect comic in this generic sense. It's not trying to be a different kind of comic than it is. It's a sci-fi superhero comic. It takes the Green Lantern concept and it does something interesting with it, pushes it off to the left a little bit, but does it in a way that doesn't hurt Green Lantern. It is a entry point comic book where if you read Far Sector and went, I don't know what a Green Lantern is, it's all in there. You All you need to know is in there except she doesn't do the oath, but so what, mm-hmm. right? It introduces you to the concept of Green Lantern in a way that theoretically, and I think does, make you want to see other Green Lantern stories, which is also part of its job. It's not just there to tell you, it's not a novel about characters she made up. It's about a Green Lantern. So you have to express that. It's beautifully drawn. It's beautifully executed in every respect. It is 
And if you look at different people who've come from other media into the comic book realm, there's always a little bit of, you know how it is, we're always a little tense, right? When some novelist or some, uh, some screenwriter or whatever, I'm going to do Superman, I'm going to do this. And you come in and about 70% of the time it's crap. <laughs> because <laughs> like, yeah, we, we, Denny O'Neill did that in 1972 and he didn't do it as well, so go away, please. Like you, we already read this comic and it was done better by this other guy who writes comics. I know what yeah. you're doing. You know, whatever you were doing, that wasn't comic books. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> right. So you you're waiting for it to be bad. And this is a great writer who obviously either knows it really well or caught it really fast. And she just wrote the hell out of this comic book. It had all the action it needed. It had all the sci-fi it needed. It had probably slightly less Green Lantern-y stuff than the average Green Lantern fan would read. But Mar Alan Moore's Tales of the Green Lantern sort of, anything can, you can do anything with the Green Lantern. Yeah. Therefore, right? And I just felt like it was like a, it was like a rookie coming up to the plate and not just getting a home run, but like knocking it into the upper deck. Like just like, boom, like that. You all slow mo, like the crack. You can still hear it. You can still hear the crack weeks later. You no. know, like crack, right? Yeah. And so the going into the second question, yeah, I was freaking terrified. Um, I don't like, even though the nature of the job is to take up, you know, somebody else's. It, you didn't make up the character. Yeah. The nature of the job is that. And there are plenty of great writers who've come before me. Frickin' Grant Morrison has just put down his version of Hal Jordan while I'm starting up my version of yeah. Green Lantern. Like, I'm not an idiot. That's some intimidating crap. Mm -hmm. But um, with, with Nora in particular, I actually was a fan of her, her books. So mm -hmm. I was very nervous. And I still don't know. We will be told after issue three how if I got the voice right, um, if the personality seems to be the same, like she's in a different situation than, than she was in the city and enduring, mm -hmm. the city enduring. So she's going to behave differently. This is yeah. a different, she's walking into 9 11. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Think about it like that. And, and so her she, entrance was like, that was a great, yeah. a, a very you. impactful entrance. Thank you. The way, um, the way it was written and drawn, I got to give credit to the artist as well because it was like, I think Donnie compared it to, because we're big wrestling fans on this as well. And he compared it to the, the best run-in he's ever seen. It's like, he she just threw it and she's there. And it's like, okay, now crap's about to get real. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. Okay, yeah, it's, there, yeah. it's about to get real, folks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the, yeah. And so the first two issues were basically that. Here's the stage. Here are the players. You think you know what's going to happen, but I promise you, you don't. Which is why we did the blow up of the battery that. But yeah, anyway, the second question is I'm extremely intimidated by having to write a character that did not exist before Nora created her and wrote so intimately. Like, it's almost the reverse. Like, because that book was just about her, we got to see who she really is in a way that, because so many different hands have been all over John, mm -hmm. we don't really know who John is yet. At least I don't. Not yet. I'm going to, hopefully, that's part of what I get to do. But with, with, uh, yeah. with Sojourner, she's a character already. That'd be like taking up Clark Kent and making him a punk rock star. Like, you can't, you know what I mean? Like I'm sure that would see... go over so smoothly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what is he? Uh, Clark Kent and the Bad Brains. Here we go. <laughs> you know, but, um, 
but um, you 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 can't do something like that. It would be just crapping on everybody who came yeah. for you. That's the worry. It's always that worry. So all I can say is the same thing with me using Spanish. People who speak Spanish have been like, eh. and I'm like, I know. It's one, it's Bolivian Spanish, and two, I know I'm not a Spanish speaker. I'm doing my best. I'm sure I'm going to mess up sometimes. I'm going to do my best with Joe. I'm trying to do my best with Joe, but there are going to probably be some diehard fans of Joe that are like, who is this guy? What does he think he's doing? I'm braced for it, but yeah. I'm, I'm doing my best. I'm, I, I was very nervous about that. I was hoping that Nora would, would be the person to write the Joe side, and I would sort of say, here's the basic plot. Here's what happens here. Go crazy. I'm going to go do the John story. And it just didn't work out. She's got too much stuff going on. Oh, and, okay. And yeah. That's it wasn't like there was an ever, it wasn't an offer, offer. But mm -hmm. I said to DC, if there's a way for her to just continue Joe's story, I would be very happy with her to do it. Just tell her, here yeah. are the events that will unfold after the battery. Here's why the battery blew up. Here's what's going to be the end of this arc. So do whatever you need to do as long as we end up here, because I'm going to be doing the John side. And they're, the, the, it looks like it's two different stories, but it's really one story. Right. So go write that and we'll connect it and I'll connect it at the end. But it just, we just couldn't work out how to do that. So I'm writing everything and I'm hoping she reads it and doesn't want to come kill me. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure she'll give you the thumbs up. Yeah. That's my, well, that's my I don't know her. I don't know no. her, but I guess. have great respect for her work. I'm a fan of her work mm. and I, she's a better writer than me. She just is. So I'm, I'm concerned. Mm -hmm. But we'll see. We'll see. I was just happy to see her survive beyond Far Sector because I think that character has yeah. so much potential, you know? Yeah. Well, Joe's so. going to have some fun. I will say this to you guys. I love the covers mm -hmm. that have been coming out, but I think we can all agree the covers do not always represent accurately what happened. What, right. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, I think but, that's we been going the, but that's been going yeah. on for years. Yeah. The so, covers should be considered then, symbolic. And yeah. Consider yeah. the covers symbolic. Where is this yeah. in the story? It didn't happen. Didn't happen. Yeah, these are not this. This, this scene does not appear in this comic. Book. <laughs> no. Uh, no, but you, they are thematically correct. Yeah, but they're I not, get it. Yeah, yeah, they're on theme, but they're not on event. I get it. So I like, get it. yeah, like it, it, you'll see, you'll see. Yeah, I just I hope people it. don't get disappointed. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, we'll, so yeah. let me ask you this question: The Green Lanterns have been referred to as both police and like special operations soldiers. Mm -hmm. what's your take on their existence and do you think the guardians were noble in creating them? Um, <laughs> I don't know what that was. <laughs> okay. That's a, that's a big question. Um, the answer to the first part of the question is they're both. Okay. But the authority that they have is authority they assumed. So they, they assume this authority and they have the power to enforce that authority. That's not really authority. That's kind of like being an occupying force. That, mm. as we saw in the conclave, not everybody wanted these people around. It's like, if this is our opportunity to get rid of them, let's get rid of them. If they're mm. willing to go, let them go, <laughs> right? And that's partly because of the bully aspect. Like, the reason we get to do this is because who's going to stop us? Mm -hmm. You? Yeah. We're, we're here to make you stop doing something we don't like. So were the guardians benign in doing it? Did they have a good reason to do it? Okay. Um, the, 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 I try to answer things truthfully without spoiling the story. The guardians are aliens to us, to all of life. They are aliens. They're not against life. They are living beings. 
but their perception of the universe, their understanding of how all this is supposed to work is entirely alien to anything we're doing, which is a difficult thing to write because I'm not alien, right? I don't really know how the Guardians think, I'm guessing. But my feeling is they're more concerned it's kind of like a gardener looking at a garden and going, I'm going to, why is this weed a weed? Well, it's a weed because I don't like it, right? I want a rose garden. I don't need these freaking dandelions because their roots do this and this and this and this and this, and it's going to kill my roses. So these weeds need to be plucked, right? Mm -hmm. But if I love dandelions and I had a whole garden of dandelions, then they're just flowers, right? So mm -hmm. that's kind of how the guardians look at all of us, all of life. They have decided that it's best for the universe growth and survival for it to work like this. So if anything comes up that makes it not work like this, we're going to send out our operatives and shut that down, mm -hmm. right? What you don't see, for instance, the Green Lanterns are not out in the galaxy building societies. They're not helping you fix your infrastructure. They're not preventing you from exploding atomic bombs inside your atmosphere, humanity. Right. What were you thinking about? <laughs> like, right? You know, some of the scientists are like, you know, we might ignite the atmosphere when we do this. Yeah, let's risk it. You know, and like the Guardians could have predicted, oh, they're about to discover nuclear technology. We might want to send a Green Lantern over there. They didn't do that. Blow up those nukes. Yeah. Like, so yeah, then let Krypton blow up. So hey, you know. <laughs> well, they screwed it up. They screwed yeah. that up. They, they tried to stop it. The that. world needs yeah. that one baby. So let's uh, screw the planet. We'll just let him get it. Oh no, it's even worse. The crux of science was also to be nurtured because, well, no, I can't tell you that. But um, <laughs> but <laughs> no, the, I can't tell you that. But the the idea is basically that they see themselves as the gardeners, but they don't plant seeds. They don't nurture, they only stop trouble. So the first thing they tried to build was uh, Atmatentrum, the source of peace, which eats chaos, but as defined by the Guardians. So even ring energy was considered chaos by the first ancient weapon they built. Right, right. right. So the idea of that was your chaotic planet, we drop one of these little balls of the source of peace on your planet, and it teaches you the lesson of stop fighting because the only way to make it stop eating you is to stop fighting. Mm -hmm. Right. And then other guardians were like, uh, it's mm, a little destructive. Let's pull it back a bit. How about these manhunters? Let's try it with these manhunters. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> right? <laughs> and we saw how that worked out. Right. Yeah. So, Not so right? well. Okay. No. Maybe, maybe just pull back on these things. People who are actually members of these communities, let's do something for them, you know, let's empower them. They are they understand how their version of life works better than we do. Let's give them weapons and a prime directive, right? Initially the weapons had weaknesses. You couldn't do certain things with them, you couldn't kill. People forget that used to be a provision you could not kill with them. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. Um well, you couldn't use the ring directly to kill someone. You, could you couldn't execute somebody, right? No lethal right. force. With, with the ring. Right. But you could pick up a boulder and smack them a lot right. with it. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> right. So, um, so there was that plus Oops. the yellow impurity. <laughs> right. Plus the yellow impurity. So I think they think they're, they're benign. I think they think they're behaving nobly. But from an outsider's perspective, Finestro was right. Mm hmm in that big speech he gives. I mean, it's 
horrible it's coming from him because he conveniently leaves out all the crap he pulled personally <laughs> right. that the, the guardians didn't do and like some of the stuff we did was to stop your crazy ass yeah. but, <laughs> but, but, but he left out all the stuff he did but all the stuff he said about the guardians was true they do fear the emotional spectrum. They do operate in a sort of a defensive mode. Like if this pops off, send some guys to handle it. They're reactive. Right. They don't, yeah. right. They don't try to teach you how to be better. They don't mm -hmm. try to impart their wisdom. There are a lot of knowledge and not very much wisdom. Right. So And there's a lot of brilliant social commentary there, sir. Like I picked up on all that. Ooh, yeah. okay. Well, this, <laughs> let me just say, and this is fun for me, by the way. I'm a traditionalist. So there's probably going to be people who pull out social commentary mm -hmm. from these from these things just because of what we're talking about. We're talking about governments. We're talking mm -hmm. about nations sort of dealing with each other. We're talking about soldiers and cops sort of at the same time mm -hmm. because of what a Green Lantern is. But I'm not here to have that conversation with you about real world stuff. It's just these are the subjects of a Green Lantern story. Mm -hmm. So yeah, like so we're going to have some of these conversations, but all I was looking at was the history of Green Lanterns. I'm like, what does it feel like to have these people around? Like, mm -hmm. and Sinestro, as most villains, he's never going to call himself the bad guy. So he's got all these justifications for why he behaves the way he does, why he's mad enough to do this stuff about it, and how he sees things. And he's going to make that case more than once. Like, we're going to see more of Sinestro, clearly. Um, and <laughs> he's going he, to lay it out again. But New Corridor joined the United Planets. Mm -hmm. That's a move nobody's happy with. Like, why would they do this? Like, all this stuff. So with the Guardians, I would think that they think they're the good guys. I personally, as the writer right now, I'm not certain the Guardians are the good guys. I think they're the, they think they have noble intentions. I think, but I think that they, they see the universe differently than we do. Like a lot of the stuff that we as the outside are privy to cosmically, so are they. But it's kind of like, oh, you like this. Okay. All right. <laughs> so you did your stupid deep dive on me. When I was a TV actor. <laughs> okay. When I was a TV actor, we were on a show that was very popular. And we would run into fans of it. Certainly everywhere outside of Los Angeles, ironically, there were fans <laughs> of this show. Right. In Los Angeles, I was completely anonymous. Everywhere else, I'm a star of this show. One of the stars of this show. Truly, it was insane. It was like an airlock. You could not get a big... Every time you came home, you didn't get treated like a star. So you could act like a star. So you couldn't get a big head. Because right. no one was treating you like a star. <laughs> right? But um, in all those other places, people you'd run into would be like, oh, you seem so nice and you're just a normal guy. Blah, blah, blah. What can you tell me about the show? Right? Now, I know all the inner workings of the show. I know, you know, that the guns are not real or they have blanks in them and there's a stuntman driving. I didn't really do the driving that you think I did. All <laughs> kinds of crap like that, right? But I don't tell you any of that because it destroys the illusion, right? Like, mm -hmm. the, the, it takes your fun away. You think you want to know, but you don't really want to know. Because if I told you that this actor who's in love in the show with this lady and they have such a great relationship, they can't stand the sight of each other, that as soon as they don't have to talk to each other, they right. run away like they have the plague. Right? <laughs> if I tell you that it's going to hurt your ability to enjoy the show. Right? That's the Guardians. They live backstage in the universe. And so the things that they think need correcting from our point of view 
will be like, well, why, why did you let you stop this war? Right. Mm-hmm. But this whole species is continuing to grow. Like you didn't kill the aliens. Right. But you got a problem with the predators. Like, <laughs> like we can talk to the predators. But you let the aliens thrive. Everybody. Yeah, but they're bugs. That's just their nature. The predators are choosing to do what they do. So, <laughs> and we've given them a lot of rope, and they clearly don't want to change their ways. So they yeah. gotta go. The bugs might evolve into something else. Yeah, but the bugs are murdering a lot more of us a lot more often. Can you please <laughs> let the bugs go away? No, no, they they deserve their chance in the sun. Now, is that a benign species? I don't know. I don't know how to relate to a brain that works that way, yeah. right? So, uh, so some of that will be addressed in this arc. Some of that question will cool. be addressed in this arc. Cool. Okay. So now here's a fun question: If you had a power ring, what kinds of things would you create? <laughs> I would create Post City every day, and then I would, <laughs> and as soon as my power ring ran out, I'd recharge it and do it again. <laughs> uh, uh, no, I don't know. I probably fly around a lot. Um, there's things the rings can do that people forget they can do because it's really based on the will of the, the owner. Mm-hmm. Um, I would probably experiment with things like time travel to see if the ring could do that for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I would see what alterations I could make to my body that like on a genetic level, like that's things. Again, if you were a geneticist and you got that ring, you'd be a scary son of a bitch. <laughs> because of yeah. things you would right Cause the things you could consciously will it to do like that guy like me who doesn't know anything about that wouldn't be able to do that. I mean, yeah. I could picture a microbe, but I wouldn't be able to picture COVID-19 specifically. Well, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So, um, so, and we've already seen that they can create things like kryptonite. Like mm-hmm. just, I want kryptonite really badly. And the ring can take up the slack on some of that because it knows what kryptonite is. Like the ring itself can go, oh, yeah. he wants kryptonite. I'll make some kryptonite. He just has to put enough will behind it. Mm-hmm. But um, I would I would mess around with things like how permanent can I make a structure? Like, can I make a structure with the ring that after the charge goes away, the structure remains indefinitely? Like, is that possible? Mm-hmm. I would like to try that. Um, I would do a lot of stuff that involved exploration, probably. I don't know that I'd be making stuff so much as going places. Okay. Like, okay. probably the first place would be the moon and the Mars. Probably take a quick trip over to Venus places that humans can't go because either distance or the conditions would kill you. Like you can't go to Venus. There's not going to be any colonizing Venus. I don't want <laughs> people talk about that. It literally rains acid there. We're not going there. Okay? Right. <laughs> we don't have anything. Well, that's it, could, it would look like Two-Face, but you know. Dude, yeah. if the atmosphere <laughs> is laughing gas, it rains acid. Two-Face the meets the Joker. <laughs> oh my God. The, I think the air pressure is something like like a thousand units per square inch or some shit. Like <laughs> no people, no people are going to Venus. Yeah. But if I had a Green Lantern ring, I would explore the hell out oh, of sure. it. Yeah, right. So um, things like that. Uh, cool. I would go places and talk to people. Nice. I would just go. I would find whatever life, whatever life is out there. Find me somebody I can talk to. Wow. You know, you know. Cool. and come back. Yeah, I would not okay. just live out there. I'd yeah. still come back. Okay, so we know, and you, you've told us this, that you can't disclose details, but right. will we see any more allusions to, like, the Mosaic world? And, yes. Okay, yes. so yes? Yes, that's an important part of John's life. 
Um, it is a very important part of John's life. And although, as we say, the creator who I'm not going to name, you can go find out. Sure. Did is a pretty awful kind of criminal, and he's in jail for his crimes. But prior to us knowing all that, the mosaic was one of the definitive things that shown us shows us who John Stewart is, or at least he was at that time. And the events of that period led to him becoming a dark star, which again people seem to forget about. And I don't remember with all the deck shuffling either if that's even still in continuity. But because of death metal. Everything's in continuity. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. um, so all that crap happened again. Too bad. Right. <laughs> somewhere, um, somehow. Somewhere, somehow it all happened. But um, what that, by the way, pra in practical terms, what that means is the writer can pick and choose what they want to say is mm -hmm. in the canon now. So all of those events occurred or they didn't, according to each writer. Yeah. Okay. Right. Like, so are so, the Blue yeah, Lanterns so the, in the, your, your future in your book? Um... Yes, they some uh, they make a sort of an appearance at some point. Okay, okay. Yes. Uh, and also, I like to. I just want to say off topic. Well, not off topic because I'm wearing the shirt. The blue lanterns <laughs> actually mirror the color the, the color of my favorite hockey team. So I'm all for <laughs> seeing those guys. I keep telling you, people, nobody is safe, and nobody wants to hear it. <laughs> you, everybody who's saying. Hey, what about this character? I told this dude I'm what I have. I was been messing around with what you guys are doing, trying to set up a, 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 a some sort of a chat on my channel on YouTube, yeah. mm -hmm. and um, not very good at it. So don't hold your breath. But I try to I try to live chat if somebody asks me about a couple of the Green Lanterns because they realize in destroying the battery the way I'm doing it, a lot of them are going to die. And people were like, well, please don't kill so-and-so. And I'm like, I didn't even know who that was. There's 72 other people. But now that I know all <laughs> Now that you've given me a name, I may kill them in a See, way that every I time somebody to mentions to Every time right. somebody mentions a character, I'm like, shut up, don't tell him anything. Don't, don't tell him. Because I'll look him up and go, ooh, that's cool. That'd be an interesting death to show. Like, what could kill that guy? You know, like that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, so... Every time um, he tweets out that image of no one's safe, I start shaking my head thinking, oh boy. Nobody is safe. I stumbled on that. Yeah, I stumbled on that after we'd already started everything, but it actually is a good theme for the for the run, for this arc. All right. Nobody, so, nobody you see is safe. So, John so. is not. The only two characters are safe. <laughs> I said this in another podcast. Al Jordan is safe. <laughs> okay. okay Hal Jordan is safe kids he's, def he's definitely not going to get killed or maimed in this story okay I promise you Hal is safe okay a lot For of people me. don't seem to be hearing that I don't know how many ways I can say Hal is safe Hal is safe I can't speak for what other writers will do with Hal if they do anything <laughs> he will not die by my hand Okay. okay, he will not be harmed by me. The other one is Rotlop fan, the F sharp bell. Oh yes, says, I love Rotlop. Yeah, I love. That's why. Yeah, that's why. I love him. <laughs> no one can harm him. And if anyone ever harms him in any book, I will rise from the grave and haunt you for hurting that beautiful, precious baby. Um, so yeah, so those are the two lanterns that are safe. As you've already been spoiled, Jessica's not safe. Some version of the events that happened in far future. The future state it's not exactly that right because mm -hmm. that happened months and months and months and months and months and I, and I don't know if ryan even goes into that and his he's doing the annual about that yeah. but 
something caused her to take that green that take that yellow lantern ring. Well, we could consider that maiming Jessica. She's a freaking Green Lantern. Yeah, it's gonna so, be a different character. Yeah, it's, she's gonna yeah, be different. So now. something something happened to make her accept that yellow ring. You know, I'm intrigued. Yeah, yeah. So if you're looking for no characters to be touched, I'm not your boy. If you're looking for a character to not be killed, you can assume that the human lanterns will probably mostly all survive this first arc in some way or another. Uh, okay. There will be some that are still missing by the end of the arc. Right. But if I don't declare them dead, then they're still in play. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. In some way or another, they're still in play. So, right. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Um, so, I, I, we've got one last question for you. And we think okay. this will be a fun one. Okay. What would 18 year old Jeff Thorne think of 51 year old Jeff Thorne? You're too fat. What did you let your body? What did you? I worked so hard. I worked so hard, and this is what you did to me. Why would you do that? Um, go to the gym, you fat fucker. Uh, what, what he would say. That's what he would say. I worked too hard for you to put it to do it all to this. No, we're not having this. But um, I think he'd be thrilled that I didn't put comic books away as a creative because um, that I did that I basically the same in most of those ways that I have always been. I think he'd recognize me. I don't think he would dislike me. I think he'd say I got lazy about my fitness and be mad about that. Um, But he, I think he would like, I think he would like my career as a writer. I think he would maybe not understand why I stopped acting. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd have to explain that to him. I think he he would he did quite like it, um, but that when I explain to him why, he will go well. That's fair, like you know, <laughs> like I can I can see me getting there based on what you just said. All right. So, um, but you asked me to go to the gym. Is what, he, is what is what he would say. So that would so, be his big takeaway. All right. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. You, boy, boy, did you get boy? Did we get fat? Is what he would say. <laughs> right. So. Oh, that's, that's, that, was the, that was the answer. I wasn't expecting that, but that was... When your audience does that deep dive, they're going to go, damn. And <laughs> you might as well just get out in front of the train and say, yes, I know, and I listen, have a mirror. We're, we're living in a pandemic, so everything's... Okay. <laughs> oh, okay, I'll blame the pandemic. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Why not? Everything that goes not- wrong in my life for medically or whatever, I blame my hockey team for the stress. It wasn't, it wasn't all those burgers. It wasn't all those burgers and fries and not exercising. That had nothing to do with it. it was when, I see, when I see gray in my beard, it's like the damn hockey team that I love so much, <laughs> they're causing all my problems. <laughs> I, I'm just going to forward them my medical bills. You know, so if the doctor tells me my blood pressure is too high, yeah, I'll forward that right over to you. Uh, but yeah, no, thank you. We just want to say thanks for uh, joining us today. This Most definitely. Been, you've yeah. given Dude. us way more of our time, your time than we intended to take. Uh, well, listen, this, I've, I've checked out you guys. I've checked out you guys before, obviously, or I wouldn't have said yes. Um, I'm trying to do those shows. Uh, that do do comic book fandom, comic book commentary, the way I would wish all of them do it, which is you don't have to like everything, but you don't have to be a dick about it. (laughs) And a lot of these other guys are dicks and they don't need to be. And you guys, I've seen you. There's things you don't like. There's things you disagree on. And somehow you still seem like fans. Like my old comic book shop until about 10 years ago when I got too old to do this, um, was me and a bunch of other grown men 
We stand in the back of our, our LCS and every Wednesday we would chop it up about comics and what was going on in the comics and have these big debates about, you know, crossover events and, you know, whether, whether there should be more than one flash or should it just be Wally or should they bring Barry back? All that kind of convo would happen and nobody got mad. Everybody had difference of opinions. There were people who were like, had Thor, Thor's lightning tattooed on their freaking arm, fighting a guy with a Grendel mask on, you know, and somehow everybody, it wasn't a matter of shaking hands. There was not even a concept of we're not all in this having a good time. And I looked across, I didn't even know that all you guys existed. And when I, when all that crap happened with the Hal Jordan thing, um, I became aware. And I went and I looked at and I was like, wow, these, um, some of these guys are jerks. Yeah. Like, and they don't need to be. It's comic books. It's superheroes. How can you? Well, it's like I told it when we first started this, I said, we can disagree on certain things. And I know that there will inevitably be things that I don't like, but (laughs) we want to be ambassadors for this genre, for this industry. Yeah. It's fun. It's Mm -hmm. going to be fun and uplifting and make you a better person at the very, if it has any social impact, it's supposed to make you better. It's not supposed to make you want to go murder somebody. (laughs) I can't say, I can't say I love, I love superheroes and then insult somebody and tell them, you know, you know, something ridiculous like like i've seen the crap that i've seen online is just like like seriously and 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 i'll type this and i'm like can you seriously go get help yeah you need help i've seen some of the things directed at you that really cross that cross several lines (laughs) but you know what go outside damn it smell the yes like go out like i know covid's not letting you go on your balcony like go on the roof like breathe (laughs) some fresh air go on the roof god knows what would happen if those guys fair that's fair that's fair (laughs) but yeah like I like when you guys are having like I like the discussions you guys have. You, and, you and obviously even if, love it. Thank you. Even like even if I don't like something, like there's runs that I don't like, and I'll just say, look, it's not my cup of tea. I don't like it. But but at the end of the day, I'll say I didn't like this book, but somebody that loves that character might like that book. So mm-hmm. just because I say I don't like it, if you want to buy it, buy it and judge right. for yourself. Like right, I'm right. Just I'm not trying to convince you. I'm just a goof with an opinion. It's right. Not I'm not trying to convince you. Yeah. I'm not trying to convince you to stop liking the thing you like. I'm not trying to tell you to drop your book and come over here and read the book I tell you to write. Yeah. I mean yeah. to read or whatever. But there's so much of that. Like it's somehow it's like a um, what do you call it? It's like you're offending them by having a different opinion. Yeah. Like I'm coming at you specifically, like you. Yeah. Like, and I'm like, I just don't like this thing that you like. Yeah. It's yeah. something. <laughs> Like, I don't like, yeah. stra- I say this all the time. I don't like strawberry ice cream. I don't want to abolish <laughs> strawberry ice cream. Yeah. I just ain't going to be eating those. I'm not going to be eating any <laughs> strawberry ice cream. Exactly. Right? You can tell me that this is the best version of strawberry nah. ice cream. Strawberry but I'm going to ask you. Right. No, <laughs> now you're just trying to be horrible. Strawberry yogurt. Does that mean we get a fight now? No. That's the point. <laughs> like, the, the key word in that is strawberry. So it's got strawberry in it. Yeah, There's no I, point. I see. I got it. Right? I got it. Right, but I'm not telling you not to enjoy it. Go and enjoy it. Like we just talked about, you know, DC Super Pets. I'm not a fan of crypto, but I think it's great. Yeah, that it's out there to make new fans. It's not for me. It's not for me. I'm not going to be there opening weekend. That made me think. Yeah, that made me think that whole thing because I'm with you, Donnie. I don't don't know. (laughs) I don't care about the pets. 
but but then I thought, but if I but I love Beasts of Burden, that comic book, and mm -hmm. I thought if Jill Thompson was writing and painting the crypto book, I'm probably buying that book, mm -hmm. right? Just to okay. see what she does, just to see what she does with it. Like it's not even about crypto; it's about her doing it. Yeah. You know, so yeah. Daryl Banks draws something, and I'm gonna I'm gonna read it, even if just, I hate the character. Well, <laughs> there you go. To me, right. and I, we've said this before, and, and I, I think you'll agree. Whatever gets somebody as a new fan in the door and gets them attracted to DC, yeah, crypto is not my thing, but The Rock's gonna get a lot of kids in the door. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, Teen Times Go. I can't stand the animation. No, no word of a lie. But hey, yeah. if my niece watches it and says. To me, I want a Green Lantern action figure of Jessica Cruz. Well, damn it, I'm going to go buy her a Green Lantern there action figure. There you go. Exactly. Great. Exactly. <laughs> you know, like exactly. I got friends who work on the on the Green Green Lantern. Uh, I mean, pardon me, the Teen Titans go cartoon. Yeah. I was a Teen. Wait, there's Teen Titans and there's the current Teen Titans go. No, no, it's right? the Teen Titans right. go that I can't. <sighs> Yeah. yeah, so it's the new the one, it's, yeah, the crazy it's, humorous yeah. one, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that I can't write that. Sometimes I find it amusing, but it's not my kind of thing either. But I have friends who work on it, and I'm like, how do you even write that show? Like, how do you write yeah. that show? Not yeah. why, whatever. Right. But I love the the one that came before the yeah. other Teen Titans. Yeah. Oh yeah. Too. yeah. So if kids watch Teen Titans Go and they run out of Teen Titans Go to watch, and now they're 13, yeah. and 11 or whatever, yeah. and they go, well, you can rewatch this. Oh, that's cool! Exactly. And then they grow with the they grow with the hobby. They grow mm -hmm. into it. Good so point. everything's an entry point. Everything, exactly. right? So not anyway. everything has to be for me, and that's okay. It's it's fine. I've got I've got decades of DC to watch, read, and, and whatever. And that's exactly there'll be, right. There'll be another movie. There'll be another comic. There'll be another creative team. Yeah. I'll the one thing that's constant. It, yeah, it's always as changing. Long as I live long enough, I'll get what I it's want. It's always changing. Yeah. It's always changing. <laughs> so it is what it is. But, just wait it out. And yeah. if you don't like it, I mean, some, some creatives have been really harsh about this, and I can see why they get fed up. But the bottom line is if you don't like it, don't buy it. If yeah. enough people also don't buy it, it will go away. Yeah. Because the company will be like, okay, nobody's buying this. Yeah. Which is better what make said, it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, make a left turn because nobody's yeah. buying yeah. this. Like, so don't buy it. Don't okay. hate buy it because you're still buying it. Yeah, the company still, will yeah, be yeah. happy. If, yeah. you're, if you're hate buy, hate buying, or hate watching, you're giving them exactly what they want. Your money. They it's don't like, care. On. They just want the money. Yeah. You're not hurting anyone. They've got your like, green. They don't, they don't care about your tweets or your hashtags. They really don't care. It's the green thing. That's not a ring. It's the money. Sales. Uh, sales. That's sales. All they care sales. About. But, fails. But we thank you for this time that you've graciously given us. Hey, if you ever want to come, come back, back later, if you ever want to come back later, later on in your run, you're so dumb. <laughs> I see you. I see you. If you ever okay, want to come back I, later in the run, absolutely. We'll do. Have let's, you yes, assume, uh, we would very much like for you to come back. Let's yeah. just assume we're going to do that. And I'll okay. say this. All right. I'm trying to do these things in not really blocks, but like you're going to see a, a gear shift between what the first two were like. Okay. And then in issue three, it's going to be not not another kind of book, yeah. whatever. It's not okay. like that yeah. big, but it's it's just not epic cosmic battle That's fine. every, hey, we're, every we're issue. Yeah, so fine. like every two or three issues, there's going to be some kind of a gear shift. Let's reconvene. All right, cool. Okay, okay. Cool. cool. 
So right. Plug, right. Right. And now we know this works. So yes. yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. It works. Okay. It works. And I upped the, I upped the, uh, the package level so that <laughs> it wouldn't restrict us. If however we want to go, we can right. go. So yeah. Right. Um, cool. Okay. But thank you for doing this again. If fans want to respectfully interact with you, where can they do that? On respectfully. Media, so? <laughs> you can res look, you look can be disrespectful. If you don't get it. Yeah. Every time you're disrespectful or whatever, I just say, oh, that was your shot. The block uh, button is block. The block button is so good. <laughs> no, you know, you don't know you how know. many people I block. This is <laughs> it's my favorite, it's my favorite button in the history of social no, media. No, I don't even I don't even blink. I'm just like right. goodbye. No, yeah. Goodbye. Like it's like popcorn, baby. Oh, uh, here's a moron block. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, you can come to I'm on uh what is it? Uh just Jeff Thorne, one word at on Twitter. It's Thorne Identity, but there's an underscore thing. Don't worry about that. Just at Jeff Thorne. You'll you'll see it's me. My little cartoon face. Uh Thorne Identity. Oh, you know what? Even better. Uh, JeffreyThorn.com has links to all of my social media crap. Perfect. So Perfect. just go to JeffreyThorn.com. All right. That's the, that's the end of the show, folks. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope you'll go pick up Green Lantern number one, two, and as many issues as, as they put out. Let's 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 buy it. Let's support buy it. the book. Buy it. Support the <laughs> This is a PG thirteen show, sir. Let's give it. But, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> Support the comic industry, whether you buy it physically or digitally. That's the most important thing. And remember, John Stewart and all of the Green Lantern Corps are forever. From the first construct they create to the last. So long, everybody. So long, everyone. Thank you. Bye.